This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves a little bit of muscle up front. Uh, so Chelsea continue to roll along, albeit with only three wheels on their wagon. Uh, a timely 3-1 win against Aston Villa on Boxing Day with Liverpool granted leave and City winning again. Timely too, the return of Romelu Lukaku, uh, both to the pitch and to goal-scoring form. Uh, given how lost Pulisic looks as the embodiment of a false number nine, Lukaku's return reminded us all what you can do with a proper striker. Both his goal and his assist are what you get playing a number nine. Uh, the first a good header after great movement in the box, the second a seemingly unstoppable run towards the box until he was stopped, illegally, by concert in the box. A timely return indeed, but will it be enough to turn the good ship Chelsea back towards a tilt at the title? Uh, with a heavyweight up front, surely Chelsea are in with a puncher's chance. And the show is called, very appropriately for bo- a post-Boxing Day show, Punching, Chelsea fancast number 863. And I suppose a belated Merry Christmas to you all. I hope, like me, you're, I'm actually in toxic shock after this Christmas because... I have, I mean, I, I kind of went vegan in July to lose all this weight, and I just stuffed my face with nothing but sugar, fat, and dairy produce for the last two days, and I, I do feel, J.K., like I'm in toxic shock. But do you feel better? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I drank. I mean, in, as in well. yourself, as a consequence of having this, uh, yeah. this rush of sugar yeah. and uh, and fat. The, the the secret was to uh, drink enough claret to sink a battleship. Ah, uh, yeah. So there we go. That helped. It can help. It so, can. how are you, dear boy? Good to see you again. Very good, thank you. It was a, a long day going up to Villa Park, but um, uh, well worth it. Very enjoyable. Mad fans as well. I stood next to exactly the same people I'd stood next to at Brentford. I mean, what are the chances of that? Eh? One of whom would kept leaning, kept in order to give V signs to the Villa fans, stepped on the 
on there, there, uh, there was a seat vacant, stepped on the vacant seat next to me and leant on me for kind of support whilst doing a, a V sign and several other signs as well. And I actually had to say to him, excuse me, mate, I'm very sorry. And big bloke, big bloke, youngster, blonde hair, but ginger at the back with sort of strange haircut. Um, I said, uh, and he went, yeah, what, mate, what, mate, what, mate? And bent down. I thought, this isn't going to be very good fun for you. I'm going to say, I said, do not lean on me, please. I just said it like that. He went, oh, oh, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. I thought, phew, I've got away with that one. Because I was going to say, please, please don't lean on me. But I felt that would have been too wheedling. But um, uh, I obviously have that something in my nature, because over the years of going away with Chelsea, I'm nearly always hugged. And uh, and patted on the head and lent on and there, there it was again there it was again happening but um, uh, they were they were wonderful away fans uh, the away fans are wonderful I, I just really have to take my hat off to the the uh, the enthusiasm energy and. Um, and knowledge, guy behind me, fantastic knowledge, talking about the team. He kept saying, oh, Alonso's got picked from far forward. Let's move him back. A young youngster, young chap. So uh, it was it. It really is worth it for people. If you can get people listening to this, particularly, um, you know, in the States or wherever, if you can get to a game, but go to an away game as well as a home game for the atmosphere, because it's it's very different and and a very it's a, and, and a terrific experience. It helps, of course, if you win. I mean, that is a, a big plus every single time and score goals as we did. But uh, no, I really can recommend, it. you know, so, uh, yeah, so, so Boxing Day was spent there and um and my Christmas day was spent uh, in the ludicrousness world of uh, of a restaurant where they didn't know did, they hadn't accepted our booking despite us having paid for it and made it um, three months beforehand. But uh, such is life, Indeed. you know. Uh, now we're, we're I, w- I wouldn't say we're. I mean, this is kind of it's the skeleton crew, really, tonight, isn't it? I suppose we've only got three as opposed to four, but we but we if are. One of them chidges the brain of Stamford Bridge. Yeah, then you know yeah. there is there is no we could get away with it. You know we yeah. can deal. You know. Well, I was going to say, when, I mean, we've got Mark Meehan with us, of course, but I was going to say, you know, having Mark Meehan on the Chelsea fan cast is like having N'Golo Kante in the Chelsea team. It's like two the of them. The yeah. twins. The, the, the Mark Meehan twins. Yeah, yeah. The, the Mark Meehan twins. So there we yeah. go. Happy Christmas yeah. to the Mark Meehan twins. Uh, and happy Christmas from the Mark Meehan twins and a happy new year to everyone listening this evening as well. Uh, yep, I had a good Christmas. Uh, quiet Christmas at home with the family and... Um, I'm having my first beer of Christmas actually now. I, I, I've been drinking Buck's Fizz um, throughout Christmas Day, so this is my first beer. Uh, and my Christmas was very much beer, chocolate, Chelsea, and rock and roll. Yeah, looking at the presents I got. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent combo, mate. I approve of that. That will keep me quiet for a good while. But hopefully, well, some of you may say, shame it isn't for the next two hours. Others might say, thank God that you're not having Chelsea chocolate and rock and roll because you would be quiet for the next two hours. I don't know. I'll leave you to judge. It's not for me to say. But what I can tell you, what, JK? Wait a second. Can I tell you the present I got given by my Go daughter? Go on. Go on. With, with, with my girlfriend. Uh, uh, a VR. So I can not wear a VAR. My... No, not for... That would have been great. They didn't VAR, VAR you. Yeah, they, and then, invited, JK, for your Christmas present this bar. year, for your Christmas present this year, we've got Anthony Taylor for you in a box. Perfect. And Mike Dean on VAR. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Are they small puppets? And they I could can, be. Voodoo I can mani- dolls. Manipulate them the way I want to. Voodoo dolls. Yeah, I could, perhaps it's an AI version of him, yeah. and I could then put him in a football match and I could operate him. Well, he's certainly got artificial intelligence, that's for sure. Indeed, indeed. indeed. Uh, no, VR, virtual reality. Oh, virtual reality. Oh. You, know, you get to wear the, uh, the, um, the visor and you've got the little... Uh, 
the little units that you manipulate. Yeah. I think I think that a lot of Chelsea football Twitter, as the uh, Deute like to call it, I think they live in a virtual reality world when it comes to well, talking about Chelsea. Well, it may be that Chelsea. I find this Chelsea virtual reality world and yeah. I can go in and challenge them. Apparently it's a world where either everything is terrible or everything is brilliant that is not terrible. Yeah, when, yeah that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. When, when they're not in that world, they're in the VWR world. Virtual wanking reality? No, virtual waiting room. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Or the virtual wind-up room. That would also be applicable. Uh, Now, on the show tonight, I don't know why I'm looking at my script because uh, I I was boring these two about this before we went on air, but uh, I I decided to be a nice husband and I I sat and watched uh, the the latest James Bond film with my wife and I didn't realise that it was two and three-quarter hours long, so I didn't actually have time to write the script, which I was kind of doing as these two were joining Zoom. So there's no, this bit of the bit is the bit I haven't written, but I can still tell you what is on the show because we have a running order on the Chelsea Fancast. Oh, yes. And it has colours in it too, anyway. Uh, so we're going to talk about Villa. It. It's got pink in it. It's got pink and yellow. Yeah. It has. It's nicked from the old Love Sports show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in part one, we're going to be talking about Pulisic. He deserves to be talked about, and in good terms, not necessarily bad. Uh, Lukaku is back. Does this mean Chelsea are back? Uh, Jorginho makes them pay the penalty. And uh, this one, for those of you who were following me on Twitter this afternoon, Callum Hudson-Odoi is better than Frank Adoho. Uh, in part two, uh, we're going to talk about Alonso and Kovacic, uh, more bloody injuries, God damn it. And uh, we're also going to ask, is Tuchel right to moan? He's been moaning a lot recently about uh, player welfare, the number of fixtures, the you know lack of any sort of transparency about the COVID protocols, yada, 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 yada. So we're going to have a chat about that, which kind of leads us into should we have a Christmas break? Because there's been a lot of talk about that recently. And we're going to finish up the Villa Review with the, uh, a discussion on are we actually back on track in the Premier League race? Uh, in part three, we've got Fanny's Discord question, a Discord question, I should say, not questions. And we have four emails. One of them, JK, is from Midshipman Bayou. Yes, okay, so I, I, sh- I shall be reading that one for a change. Now, the yeah. man of the match, the salary moment, the Guinness moment for the Fannies. Guess what? Because I was useless uh, and Christmasified all day, uh, I forgot to put them on Twitter. So me, Mark and JK will be voting for our own and announcing the winner on that and can, uh, we, add, can we add something to them no the nominations because, are what they are i know but because nobody's voted and you didn't put them up can we not alter them i'll think about it i shall be the chairman and it'll be my decision thank you because i'd like to come up with a couple all right but you may agree you have you seen them already yeah just looking at them yeah. all right okay uh anyway we're going to wrap it all up as we always do there's another game coming up on thursday is it thursday is it no it's wednesday isn't wednesday. it yeah, because it's Monday today. So, yeah, Wednesday we've got Brighton at home and uh, we'll have a quick chat about that. So there we go. Lots, as ever, to talk about. Uh, well, I was, I mean, I've just looked at at uh, Mixler. There's lovely people in Mixler, of course, as uh, <laughs> I've got some really funny co- comments already, actually. They all deserve to be read out. The lovely, beautiful, delightful, delicious Diana says, Chidge is proper lively, maybe too much sugar. Yep. That's that's half a tin of chocolates this afternoon, Di. Uh, and Pierre says, is Paul Crowder in here to talk Pulisic? I very much hope so, Pierre, because if you think I'm lively, there is nothing quite as lively as Mr. Crowderville. And Daryl Middleditch says, no cricket, please. It's depressing. Well, I wasn't going to talk about the cricket at all, Daryl, but as you are so nicely, I think it would be remiss of me and JK, because I don't know what happened to me the other night. I, I, I sat and it was Christmas Day. I was full of claret and food and just, you know, bleh. So I thought, 
and instead of going to bed, I, I stayed up. I thought it was Christmas fucking day, mate. I can stay up hey. as long as I want. As long as you want. As long as I want. So I thought, yeah. I know, I'll watch the cricket. What a great idea that was. Not. And it just launched me into the grumpiest, most curmudgeonly rant I've had on Twitter for probably 10 years. All about the England cricket team. I was just on a fucking roll, mate, for about two hours. Watch it. They deserve it. Yeah. Well, anyway, the upshot of it was is that people, the, the people are demanding it, JK, that you and I, I do a cricket podcast. Uh, but it'd just be you and me ranting. No, we'd get other people to come on. Clayton, big other cricket people fan. Rant as well. Okay. Clayton, good idea. Clayton yeah. Tim Rolls, Dan yeah, loves cricket. That's Neil true. Beard loves cricket. That's true. Yeah, I sat, I sat at the. Uh... The test with Dan sat next to him. Yeah, so you know, we I think we should do it. I'll I'll, I'll get the little grey cells on it, all right? And we'll when think it about it. It's gonna be all over soon. We'll, we'll be touring the West Indies in February. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it. But you're right, there's nothing quite as as, as provocative or yeah, it's nothing that would provoke a rank quite like getting stuffed in the ashes. That that's the thing that really gets my ire. And anyway, Loz B says, What next? JK does darts? Uh, I could, I could, um, I Do could like swat, up, swat up on them. Um, I like, um, uh, I like the, the crowds. I like the, I like the, uh, the accuracy. I like the, uh, the temperament. I like, um, I do watch. I like the odd upset. I like that. I don't like it being predictable, but, uh, um, no, I think, don't think I could do a podcast. Okay, Loz, that's a no on the darts. No, I'm no. happy we, about that. Can we bring back indoor league? <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Uh, do you know what we should do? We should do our own version. You won't remember this, and a lot of the people that listen to this won't even know what I'm talking about. Not for the first time. But in the 70s, there, there was this programme on ITV by Yorkshire TV. Fred Truman. Exactly, Mark. It was, it was hosted by Fred, and it was about pub games. Yeah. So it was at Shovepne. Bar billiards, table billiards, and smoking a pipe and drinking bitter. Sithy. Sithy later. I'll sithy. <laughs> Brilliant. It's fucking genius. And we should do that. We should do a Chelsea fancast version of that and commentate on that anyway. And maybe we shouldn't, actually. Anyway, uh, now we are going to go to a little break, as we always do at this this stage of the show. Before we do, before we do, I've already mentioned them in dispatches, the wonderful Mixler people. Now, don't forget, you can listen to uh, the show. I mean, I know it's a bit weird because it's kind of Christmas at the moment. But normally, you can hear us every Monday, uh, Monday evening at 7 p.m. Okay, and you can listen to us live being loopy. You get all the bits that don't... Yeah, all the bits that get cut out are in this bit, if you see what I mean. Uh, the podcast doesn't have it all, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, if you want to do that, you go to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea High from Fancast. But the best thing about Mixler is, of course, there's loads of you in there all know each other, even if it's virtually, all talking to each other. A lot of people in our Discord group and our Patreon group are in there. It's brilliant. If I wasn't doing this show, I would be in there with you, trust me. Probably be more fun, actually. But there and you then go. there wouldn't be a show there, though, would there, Chich? Oh, no, I hadn't thought of that, had I? Uh, yeah. Bad plan, bad plan. Right, we'll be back in a minute.
So then, Mr. Kid, another excellent fan bite, I have to say. Um, let's. Uh, I, I don't think there's any point talking about the team selection because, you know, basically he's put, putting out whoever's just about not on one leg. So I was basically pretty happy with it. But I, what I will do is kick this off with, with a chat about young, young master Pulisic, uh, who... Uh, who played in the false number nine position again, and and was just he just looks like a little boy lost when he plays that role. And he did in the first half. Obviously, I know we'll talk about this later, but in the second half, he got moved to right wing back, where I thought he was actually excellent. But here's the thing, J.K. I I know that Thomas Tuchel had no other choice but to play Pulisic in the false number nine position. I just don't think there was anybody else fit and available who could do it. But he's hopeless. Being in that position in the Premier League match where you've got two hairy ass defenders, you just bully him out of the game. Yeah, completely. I mean, it would be interesting to find out what, what is still wrong with Havertz. As Havertz. Um, uh, German flu, mate. Is, yes, he hasn't got COVID for a second time, has he? No, I just thought he was just, he's caught some bug. Um, uh, it would almost have been better if he had caught COVID because then uh, he'd have probably got over it more quickly if it had been this om- Omicron. Um, but. Um, but he's not there. who who else excuse me who else could he play in that position Saul really? and <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt the, the useless Eustaces no no but our opinion about Saul has changed because of his very decent performance against Brentford um, um, I, I wonder whether Zayek could have played there but he would have similarly been fit. frustrated no he was on the bench though wasn't he he's not, he's not fit yeah but I, I but this goes to show the whole process of 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 uh, the games going ahead with people having to play completely weakened sides, and yet um, it almost encourages you, doesn't it, to uh, to close your training your training ground down and just say sorry, everybody's ill, um, or or even even to take into account any of the the any of the staff or the catering staff or anybody at the ground who's 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 got it, because I think we're being um, uh, we're punished by by having an, a, an available squad. Um, I mean, to to give Pulisic credit, he has gone about it um, with with um, passion and enthusiasm because he got the penalty, didn't he, against Brentford when he rushed in? So not not all is bad, but uh, um, it was as we're going to get onto. But it was interesting to see the contrast between um, him playing right wing with Mount in the second half, where. Uh, they were they they played beautifully together and they yeah. dovetailed excellently. You, know? you make a, you make an excellent point there, J.K. And you made an excellent point actually. Some, I mean, actually now now when I write the script, I just don't bother reading anything else. I just watch your fan bites. Yeah, okay. <laughs> those those are all the key points we need to talk about. So there you go. But um, Mark, um, I, I think it needs to be uh, acknowledged, really, doesn't it, that Pulisic? You know, I mean, that's actually an interesting thing, isn't it? Because um, I think I think there's a really I mean I think that Tuchel's done a great job in fostering this actually and that may go some way to answering my question that I posed in part two but um, Pulisic is clearly taking one for the team here he recognizes that there's nobody else who can really even attempt to fulfill that role he knows he looks like a spanner doing it and it's not he's just not really up to it but he's taking one for the team and I think that needs to be acknowledged doesn't it no, I would agree. Completely wasted playing up there, but we lacked we lacked a choice. There was no one else, you know. So he did what he could, you know. And there was no way Lukaku was fit enough to play ninety minutes. The medical staff, I don't think, were overwhelmed with even you know 
Tuchel bringing him on at half time. They probably wanted to bring him on later in the game. So Pulisic did what he could. But I agree. Like in the second half, when he moved to right wing back, yeah, when Reese moved back to right centre back, I thought he had a really good second yeah. half. Yeah. And that, that's that's his game. Yeah. Know? His game running at people. Like, the, you know, the, 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 pro- the problem, you know, for poor Pulisic at the end of the day is there's that expectation that he was going to be like the new Eden Hazard, you know, and he, he's not Eden Hazard, right? You know, um, but. Uh, I thought he did all right at Brentford. You know, as JK said, he, he won the penalty. So he had to start the game. It's just unfortunate, you know, that, you know, he probably had a wasted 45 minutes that probably reflected in some quarters, you know, badly on him. But, you know, good luck to him. I think he, he's trying hard and, you know, he's a team player. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I think I was a bit hard on him um, uh, with the Wolves game because I was saying he had an invisibility cloak. Um, no, it was, it was the uh, Everton game as well. Um because he played him all over the place, didn't he? Played him at left wing back on an occasion. And I think he should be praised for exactly those very things that you've been saying, that uh, that he's been taking it for the team. He's been doing exactly what he was, the situation forced him to do. And he and he did it with uh, a fantastic work ethic. And uh, and it was very good that we then, when, when Lukaku came on, you actually suddenly saw, well, if he plays in this position, or in fact, if he just even plays on the right, with um with with Mace, he's got that um fantastic passing ability, and they played some lovely triangles and uh, involving Reese as well. Because even though Reese was right centre back, he still played. He still came and played on the right hand side as a as an, like an extra wing back, which was a fantastic piece of um of management by uh, Tuchel. Because who'd have thought he'd take 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 Trevor Chalaber off, who had an excellent first half. Can I just make a point for a sec, Judge, about the game, which? I was a little bit bemused by even McAllister coming on, you know, their their um, their ex Liverpool, ex Coventry, ex um, um, Leeds um, um, assistant manager, and trying to make out that somehow uh, uh, they'd had much the better of the first half, and uh, and it was only Lukaku coming on that changed it. Well, from where I was watching it. Um, I thought we did pretty well in the first half. I thought we actually played rather slickly. I thought we passed really well. And I was very impressed, um, uh, particularly with um, when Kovacic came on. Kovacic was, was masterful as well. But I thought, actually, we, after a, little, a, a start where we were a bit taken aback by the pace, because he's made them pacier, old um, old Gerard. But uh, um, uh, the, 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 I just felt, once again, there was a feeling on the media that... Um, Chelsea aren't really very good. Chelsea are there for the taking. You know, Chelsea. Oh, you should all, have listened to the TV all, commentary, mate. Oh, really? It was oh, similar. Bloody hell, Andy Hinchcliffe. They're just desperate for Chelsea to fuck up. They're desperate Absolutely. for Chelsea to lose. Absolutely. They're always desperate for the other team to. I mean, when 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 we went right as I said, you wouldn't have heard this because you were at the no, game. That's right. Absolutely. And I mean, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret. I had to TiVo it and watch it last night when I got back from my family, but. Um, I, I watched it when I got home and with five minutes to go, Villa, Villa, you know, they, they had a bit of a go with 10 minutes to go. They, they, they did. They, they did. Yeah, they did. They really they did. picked it up and, and they were like dying for them to get an equaliser, dying for them to get an equaliser. It's just utter wankery. Mark, they, I know, I'm sorry. Go on, JK. You're going to say they don't die for, for, uh, for the opposition to, to score against Liverpool. They don't die. No. For the it's all about how brilliant they are, how beautiful yeah. they play. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's yeah. see more goals from these beautiful, sumptuous, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. You, they're spaffing all over the fucking microphone. Anyway, enough already. Uh, Mark, I know you wanted to come in before JK and I went off on one. 
there's probably a similar conversation. Like, ironically, Neil Barnett rang me about an hour or so ago, so we were just chatting about the game, and it's similar. Are you sending my best? I, 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 I did, I did indeed. Like, I thought, why is Neil Barnett ring me? So we, yeah, we had a back chat about something else. Probably wants um, to come on the show, Mark. Yeah, really Carrying favour with you, mate. Yeah, trying to button me up, but no, we, <laughs> we had a chat about the game. Uh, and I think part of it, what, what I said to Neil was, he said, what did you think about last night? And I thought, I said, I thought we made hard work of it because I didn't think Villa were that good, you know. Um, no, no, no. You know, I think the thing about Villa is, you know, and that, back to the previous point, um, you know, about that whole thing about us carrying on and playing games and other people aren't. Villa hadn't played since December the 14th. So they actually came out the blocks really quickly and really fast to begin with. We looked with. leggy. Yeah, and we looked leggy. And not surprised. We played, you know, three games in the last week, week or so. And there was a lot of huffing and puffing by Villa. But other than that fluky goal, they didn't have a shot on target. Like one, really... shot, one shot on target they had. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we defended really well. And yeah. yeah. mentioned Chalibur. Yeah, oh. I saw Chalibur's tweet today. And I thought, mate, you're a bit hard on yourself. He was brilliant. Three yeah. three blocks. Yeah, he said, not my best of games, but the team got three points. So fair, fair play for that. I thought, mate, you're really being hard on yourself because yeah. I, yeah. I thought he played well. Yeah. I thought, I think the only thing in the first half was, which I thought was very clever on Gerard's part, yeah, he pushed Ollie Watkins up on Reese James. And I didn't think Reese James had a good first half. No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't. And Chalabar was coming over, providing protection, doing his job. Yeah, but maybe that exposed, you know, a bit of panicking around the defence. But, yeah. I, I thought we defended really well in the first half. It, um, and it's back to the same old thing we talked about many times on the show, is that whole thing about just putting the ball in the net is just our Achilles heel at time oh. and time again. Oh. And then we, we, got there, we got there in the end. But I oh. thought overall in the first half, I thought, you know, lucky goal. We get back in it. You know, we should beat them in the second half. And we did. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and nevertheless, even, uh, even uh, you know, I have to agree with one one thing that McAllister said, even, not, you know, without the the kind of emphasis he put on it. But the game really did change when Lukaku came on because... Oh, completely, completely. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, he, he was... I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because, you know, he got that injury, didn't he, against Malmo, and then he was out with COVID, and then, you know, clearly... Tuchel's been wrapping him in cotton wool and, and I, th- I think Lukaku's pissed off because he's been wanting to play a lot more but I think Tuchel's thinking no mate because you know you need to be match fit you know and I need to I need to I need to protect you from yourself and of course now he's in a position where he can't do that because there's nobody else but uh, I thought it was a brilliant obviously you know he was crying out for a proper number nine but I, you're right JK I think taking Chaloba off and uh, moving James back and, and Pulisic back was was a, was a really tactically a very good move but it just shows you doesn't it that the presence of a proper number nine does I love the fact that almost his first touch although he didn't actually touch the ball uh you know he went in with Mings didn't he and somebody I can't remember probably Hudson and Doyle floated a ball across and it caused panic Mings and the goalkeeper bashed each other you know that doesn't happen if you've got somebody like Pulisic or even Havertz, I don't think, brings that kind of physicality no, to No, he doesn't. He doesn't. You know. no. So it was brilliant. And I thought the goal, I thought his first goal, or his goal, was absolutely brilliant. That is a proper striker's goal. I agree completely. Fabulous, fabulous goal. Just because he he, he saw the ball. I mean, a brilliant, a brilliant centre from uh, from Callum. I mean, uh, from Adoy. Absolutely spot on. But nonetheless... Um, he took advantage of Ings clearly just thinking he. But it was his movement, J.K. But his movement yeah. forwards. He went forwards in front of Ings, 
and just met it and guided it, guided it into the corner. But it's better than that. It was better than that. He went forwards. He took yeah. him one way, and then he yeah, went yeah. back so that he was that he was in uh, Mings's peripheral vision. And Mings was too busy watching that he couldn't watch the ball and Lukaku. Lukaku knew that. He moved back, and then when Lukaku saw what Callum was about, he just went in front of him. Mings was all at sea, mate. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah, no, brilliant, it, it proper was, number nine a, play. It was a proper, proper striker's yeah, header. And, and no, but I, I, I but I, I've said this in the fan bar. I actually saw this as suddenly we're playing with him. It was a way to play with him. And the, the number of times he calls for the ball, he is eager for the ball all the time, which um, uh, Alonso has been, not been great at providing, but actually was better at trying to provide him with the ball and he got intercepted a few times so they've obviously been working on it because it was something that wasn't working before and he he struck a forlorn figure and i don't think he was as fit whereas now i mean particularly the fitness was proven by the second the uh by the third goal which was absolutely phenomenal phenomenal bullying drive forward i mean my goodness me absolutely brilliant leaving two players target and then what was the other concert in his wake and, and as I've stated before, I don't understand why Conso wasn't sent off. Well, the goalkeeper was still in the goal. So, I mean, you, you can't. Can you really say that that was that was a clear goal-scoring opportunity? Chidge, the goalkeeper's always standing in the goal. I don't know what the fuck we we did this, didn't we? When Reese James Chidge. got sent off against Liverpool, and I remember I read out the entire law, and all it bloody did was contradict itself. Do you remember that? Remember that? No, but I, but I remember that because that was specifically with handball. This is this is preventing uh, a, this is a goal scoring, preventing the goal score, and it's not a jeopardy thing because he prevented the goal. Yeah, but what if the goalkeeper had saved it? No, no, but the the, the goalkeeper is always in a position where he might save it. Yeah, it's, but with Reese James, when he handballed it, that, yeah, there was no goalkeeper. That's handball. That's a different, a different aspect of the law. If you remember when we read it out, mate. I, I, you know, I tell you what. The more we argue about this, the more sympathy I'm going to have with referees because I'm thinking, well, the rule, the rules are impenetrable. <laughs> don't cheat. Don't ever no, no, have no, sympathy okay. with referees. I will not. I will not go oh, to can the I just tell you, Can I just tell you something about what I, what I wanted to put in the fan bar and I couldn't because I didn't have enough time? Was below me the the guy running the line was this gum chewing muscle-bound bubble butt of a bloke. I, uh, uh, I, it was absolutely bizarre. And every single time the ball went out, he looked at Atkinson and didn't make a decision. And Atkinson, on a couple of occasions, um, pointed regarding, just chose somebody to point, just shrugged his shoulders at the, at the lino. And the lino thought, oh, well, I better give it to the defence then, when in doubt. And so flagged the defence. And in each instance, both teams who were uh, were attacking went, no, it's our ball, it's our ball, because he'd got it wrong. It was absolutely bizarre. And also, he wasn't up on a couple of occasions with an offside. There were offsides, which ended, one of them ended in a corner for them, and he wasn't up with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was offside. And we could all see it. Yeah. So... It was, it was intriguing to see the 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 shuffling, slightly um, slightly ancient Atkinson, who's slightly off the pace, with this unbelievably fit-looking linesman who could not cut it, who could not do it. It was absolutely bizarre. So. Mark, fascinating to know what a bubble butt is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's it's a it's a backside that has has had. 
has been doing too many squats. Does that does it mean somebody who's had Botox in their buttocks? No, you know, it looks as if that ought to be the case. But no, it, it's been it's it's athletically induced. It's just that they've done so many workouts. They've got huge thighs and and kind of really tight buttocks, like like a, like a big walnut. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like that. And he was like that. And he was, a, and he kind of strutted. You know, you know that kind of look that weightlifters have got, that kind of strut they've got. And he had that. And he was gum chewing as well. But he wasn't up with the, he wasn't up with the game, the liner, and kept getting it wrong. I thought, what the fuck? How has this guy managed to end up in a Premier League game with the oldest bloke, the greyest head, the slowest one? So we've had, we've had, we've had, we've had the 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 bizarre. Um, um, swaggering mariner last week for Brentford, and now we've got swaggering the, wanker. Get it right. Yes, swag, yes, I was like, yes, the swaggering, but yes, swaggering wanker um, that was mariner. We've now got this, the other one, the grey-haired, never up with the game. Doesn't. Know See, I, I can't get, I can't get my head around Martin Atkinson because he, he he bears a, an uncanny resemblance to my older, my ex-brother-in-law and also ex-co-host on this show, uh, Doctor Mark. But there you go, um, Mark. You were going to ask a question. Uh, it was, it was a, a bit of a question, a bit of a point as well. I thought, yeah, Lukaku, good forward play. You know, um, third goal, superb run. Um, sort of like they they had to foul him. There was nothing else the defence could do. But the interesting thing is more paying heed to what Tuchel said afterwards. I still don't think, and I'll go with the manager here, that Lukaku was one hundred percent fit. No, um, I know everyone's going to get really hysterical. Like Chelsea are back, Lukaku is back as well. Um, he's had that bout you know, of COVID, but he's also had an absence before that. I know we're going to talk about the team later. Well, uh, do, do you want me to read out what Tuchel said? I've got it here. I, was going to say, I think we've got, we've got to be careful here because, okay, you know, they interviewed Tuchel afterwards and interviewed Lukaku and clearly he, he wasn't happy. He thinks he should be in the team. The manager's gone against the doctor's advice and actually brought him on earlier. Well, I'm with the manager here because yeah. I just think, actually, I don't think Lukaku is yet 100% fit. He, was, he had a great 45 minutes. But we need him for ninety minutes. Yeah, well, we ninety minutes every week, and we need him in January and February got... and March and yeah, April and May. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'll read you what he said, Mark, because it kind of bears out exactly what you're saying from Tuchel's perspective, which is why it's worth reading out, I think. But Tuchel said there was oh god, I could get wrong glasses on. There was no switch in our tactical formation, so he didn't change. I don't think from four uh, from three uh, three four three. Uh, he does not need me to play in a game like this. In other words, he doesn't need me to tell him how to play. He doesn't need any speech from me. He's done nothing else in his whole life. In other words, that's what he does. That's what he's born to do. He just needs to get fit, and it's not so easy when you have a long injury with a body like Romelu and you catch COVID. So there you go. So I think I think you know you and he are absolutely simpatico on that. And this, I think, Jonathan, this kind of go some way to explaining the dilemma that Tuchel's in. He, he's having to pick players who are who are not fit and by doing so risks injuring them again. Doesn't he have a completely different perspective on management to so many other managers in the league? Isn't this why he's one of the top managers in the world? And, and his staff are managing the team um, in a way that other teams aren't. I don't think we'd have a situation where um, another team would say, actually, he may have been fit, but we don't only going to put him on for 45 minutes because the staff say they don't medical staff say that we haven't heard this from anybody else. They everybody else saying that our team um, isn't fit enough on on many levels to get to, to actually play 90 minutes because people are just thrown in. They expect the Premier League clearly are, don't have any conception of the kind of of elite um 
staff and elite performers that they've got in the league. Otherwise, they would be being much more sympathetic about this kind of approach. And I agree completely. I wanted to say, though, um, uh, uh, Mark, I I'm slightly one of those slightly hysterical people because I felt that we were seeing um, uh, a template for uh, for improvement. I felt he was fed better in that period than I've seen him like when he played against West Ham and he wasn't he wasn't clearly fit enough. Um, but nonetheless, we, we weren't we weren't chipping the ball to him. We weren't going down the touchline and giving the ball to him in the same way. But having said that, though, as you say, he, he wasn't getting into position as he normally had been before. So um, as he did in this game. So I was seeing the green shoots, you know, and I think we're going to we're going to have a if we can just get him to a proper fitness. Um, I was terribly fearful at the end. He got injured again. I don't know if you were, you know, when he was yeah. in that desperate tackle that got him. It was very similar to the tackle that got him injured. And I thought, oh, my God. He felt done his back, there. didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done well, it my worry is everyone gets carried away. You know, expects him to play 90 minutes yeah. bright and then plays against Liverpool. Then he gets you know, injured again. Then he's out for all of January. Yeah, yeah. All of and then we're back to where we were when we started the show. Pulisic is the false number nine. And that ain't going to be any good. This, this uh, needs uh, careful management. And I think Tuchel did it spot on. He gave him 45 yeah. minutes to reap the benefits. Won us the game. And that's what you asked for. And I mean, it was a good win. 3-1 at Villa. They've only lost that's to City good. and Liverpool recently since, since Gerrard's been in charge. But also, pick up on JK's point as well. I think a lot of credit for that has to go to Callum hudson Adoy. Well, I, you took the words out of my mouth, Mark. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. I, I, know, I know Lukaku got man of the match. Callum was my man of the match. I, I thought, you know... And he did what he needed to do. He put the ball on Lukaku's head. That's what a winger does. He crosses it and he finds the target man. Absolutely beautiful cross right onto Lukaku's head for a great goal. And then he he, he then was the catalyst, obviously, for the third goal as well, winning the ball, setting Lukaku off. On and the he ground. won the penalty for the first goal. And he won the penalty for the first one. But, yeah. but even Tuchel said even he had come in after COVID and he didn't well, really want to play him, did he? Because he'd come straight in. I've got a whole load of what Tuchel said about, uh, you know what I should do? I should just, actually, no, this is in the written press conference, so I couldn't, like, nick it off the telly or anything, so that wouldn't work. But thank you to Football.London, for, from whom I've nicked. And factually, it was Sam. Sam Enkersol covered the presser afterwards, so this is all from Sam's work. But... Uh, this is what Tuchel said about um, about Callum Hudson-Odoi. He says, I think he was brilliant. I was never frustrated with him today. He had one bad decision under pressure when he tried to do a back heel in front of the coaching staff. Maybe there was an easier solution to escape the pressure with an easy pass. There was a clear pass to N'Golo. But I was never frustrated with him today. I think he was brilliant today. And we forced him. In other words, they forced him to play effectively. Normally, it was clear he plays one half to the maximum of 60 minutes. This was already more than the recommendation of the fitness department, but he was strong in training, so I wanted to have him on the pitch. Hakim Ziyech has only one training session. Callum had two and a half, so we decided to put him in. He was involved. He overcame some obstacles today and some adversity. There was a big game. Uh, there was a big game, a very important game from him. Also, we took a risk because he only just came back from COVID, Mark. I think the other thing Callum does as well, he does hold the ball up. Um, and again, I, I don't have a dig at Pulisic because he's done that in previous shows, but Pulisic and Zayech, they don't always hold the ball up. No, they get, they, they they get tackled. Yeah, and, and, and Callum wins the ball back. So having him up front, you know, he provides something different there. A, he's a bloody good cross with the ball. But he's the best left-sided player we've got at this present moment in time. So if he stays fit, you know, uh, in the second half of the season, he'll probably even see more football than in the first squad rotation permitting. I, I totally agree, and I mean, you know, he was getting loads of. St I, I know I should. I think it was Sam. Sam, not not this Sam kid. Sam King. 
on Twitter who quite rightly in he didn't I don't know if it was directed at me per se but it, it fitted with what I'd been up to I'm still still clearly very groggy and grumpy about Christmas and stuff and my epic uh England ashes rant uh but I I saw some absolute muppet tweet something along the lines that Hudson Doy's rubbish and actually Emerson would be a better choice than him. And I, that just lit the blue touch paper for me. And there's a lovely guy on Twitter who I don't know if you follow. I, I can't remember his at, which is a bit stupid of me, but he's basically called Dimitri. I've been following him for a long time, but he really talks a lot of sense about Chelsea. And he, he just quote tweeted the guy and I just thought, what a prick. So I, I quote tweeted it as well and said, Frank is a twat. Don't be like Frank. And, uh, you know, because, and then, you know, basically he's 21 years old, right? We've always said he needs a run of games. He's had a run of games and he's looked a lot better as a result. Uh, and I'm I'm with you, Mark. I think he's the best left winger we have. You know, he really is. I think I think Pulisic arguably is, is, a, is a right winger. I think that's where his best position is. But actually he can play left as well. And I know that. I'm not, I don't have a downer on Pulisic. But for me, Hudson-Odoi, at that age, he can only get better and better, J.K., well, if he's if Tuchel is just saying that, uh, which I I knew he had done, said that he'd had an excellent excellent game. Well, that means that um, uh, he's he's fulfilling the promise, isn't he? I'd personally like to see him take on a few more players. I think that's what he and also even um, he should have scored with that wonderful chance in the second half when he was yeah, put it was through poor effort. It was it was yeah yeah. I think he needs to be more clinical with that. But as you say, if 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 the manager, if our manager is saying that he's he's becoming a top player for the team, well, you know, he's going to get, he will improve without any shadow of a doubt. And he, and, uh, you know, good luck to him because he, he's clearly got fantastic yeah. work, I think. So. Bottom line is, like you, JK, I much rather and much prefer and much happier, you know, um, agreeing with what Thomas Tuchel says or, or believing what Thomas Tuchel says than Frank on Twitter. <laughs> and I'll leave it there. Um, right, I just want to finish this part up with a, with a, I mean, an inevitable almost. Uh, I mean, actually, you know, we should talk about Jorginho because his penalty taking is is quite something else, isn't it? And um, it takes big bollocks to do that. I tell you what is also nice. It's nice to see us actually being given lots of penalties now. There was a real period when we weren't getting anything out of referees, but we're beginning to. And I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's always this perennial debate about. You know, referees favouring City, Liverpool, you know, the big teams as well. All the little teams say, oh, you know, the big teams get the penalties. And, I, and I've always said, without being myopic about it, well, there's a reason why United and Liverpool and City get loads of penalties. Because they actually attack you more because you support a shit side who sit there and defend all the time. And they actually run into your penalty area and you fucking foul them. That's why you give away penalties. And there is a truth to that. But it's nice to see that's happening with us because apart from anything else, but you know, the referee's actually giving us something, it also proves that we're actually running into the bloody penalty area. One of the problems, though, is we're not shooting. And well, that's why no. we're running into the penalty area. Yeah, well, that's so. all right. Because if we run into the penalty area and get fouled, then we get a chance for a shot from Jorginho from 12 yeah, yards yeah, and inevitably yeah. he scores. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Everybody goes home happy. Now but we don't is... want him to be top scorer at the end. Well, of the season. I was going to get into that because he's now got nine penalties, which makes him a top goal scorer. Uh, now, Mark, it got me to thinking, and I'm so glad you're on the show tonight. Uh, not least because I didn't bother and or have time to do any research. But I was going to ask this question, which is: Is Jorginho the best penalty taker we've had at the club? And the only two that I could spring to mind are Graham Roberts and Frank Leboeuf. And, and Frank Lampard. Of course, Lamps took our penalties too. I forgot that. How stupid yeah. of me. Let's exclude Lampard for a minute. Uh, 
because the similarity between LeBeuf and Roberts is that when it came to goal scoring, that's all they did. They they, they took penalties, which is why they scored a lot of goals. So no, they, the, no, they didn't. Sorry, LeBeuf and Roberts predominantly LeBeuf, scored LeBeuf their goals. Scored screamers. Yeah, I know, but you are talking semantics because I think if you look at the stats, you'll find that LeBeuf, the majority of his goals were penalties for Chelsea. He was a defender after all, and Roberts was the same. Yeah, they both had it in their locker to score the odd screamer. And I think that's an interesting point you make, actually, because that, that is a fundamental difference between them and, and Jorginho. You know, the only scream you're going to get, you know, emanating from something that Jorginho did is the fact that he's tried to shoot and it's it's gone about half a country wide, you know. He scored a good one against Fulham. He did indeed. But anyway, back to my original point. Number one, Mark, is Jorginho our best ever penalty taker? And B, um, has he scored more than Roberts or LeBerth yet? I don't think he's scored more than Roberts or LeBerth yet, um, to be fair to him. Um, but... Um... He's heading that way to probably be our best penalty taker of all time. I, I, I look upon it on the basis that how relaxed am I when a player's taking a penalty? And I think when the Berth and Roberts were taking penalties, very relaxed, never thought they'd miss, and they very rarely did. Uh, and I'm, I'm used to this little hop, skip, and a jump, like his Skippy, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo impersonation beforehand. Yeah, um, I'm used to that now. He's so ice cold with those penalties. Yeah, he put it in one corner. Then you get to second penalty, and then he puts it in the other corner, which he did exactly the same against Leeds as well when he got two penalties in the game. Um, it's quite interesting as well because I know we were talking earlier about how rubbish you know Atkinson was. But what is remarkable about these incompetent referees is how often this season they are given as penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, so they are shit for a large part of the game, but they still actually manage to actually well, give they- us penalties that were on both occasions a hundred percent penalties. Yeah. So I think. Is that six this year for Jorginho this season and ten in the last twelve no, he, months? No, he's got, got got nine goals this season. I don't remember him scoring a goal from open play, so they must all be pens. I don't think has he got nine pens. Yeah. I'm, I'm, nine you know, goals I'm, this season. They must all be pens. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking league goals. Yeah. So yeah, uh, obviously he's got penalties in Europe as well. Yeah. So probably old penalties. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I just think didn't Roberts get twelve one one season? Oh, 88-9. Yeah. yeah. We, we flummoxed yeah. him, JK. We finally yeah, found something yeah. to make his brain. The, the cogs are all... No, but what I find happens with Mark is Mark begins to look something up and then remembers it. Yeah, he's now looking it up, folks. We can give you a, a commentary on, on the way that the me and brain works here. You can see it ticking. There's a vein bulging. Yeah. There's a vein bulging in his head. He's looking, yeah. he's looking mildly cross that we've asked him something he didn't immediately know the answer to. Absolutely, Com- complete, completely relaxed. My first period. <laughs> Denial is the first sign, Mark. Trust me, I'm a psychotherapist. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're going to leave Mark with that. And what we'll do is we'll, if he finds the answer, we'll come back uh, and tell you in part two. But I think the bottom line is, JK, I, I think, you know, I mean, he's at, he's missed a few doozies. You know, he obviously missed for Italy a couple of times, which caught the attention. But I, I think he's, I think he's up there with one of our best penalty takers. I mean, it's, it's just, it does give me the shits a bit because you always think that hop, skip and a jump. I mean, I remember that bloody miss against City in the Caribou Cup final, which I was right above. And I just I, I, that's seared in my brain because, you know, he kicked it about as hard as I can kick it. And he just dribbled, dribbled into uh, Edison's hands, which is just like. Argh! But actually, more often than not, they're brilliant, brilliant penalties, aren't they? And also the, the, the Leeds one was a wonderfully pressurised one, wasn't it, in the last minute? Yeah, so they're all pressurised. Yeah, particularly for taking a second one because you you know you, you're you're trying to outfox the goalie 
um, who knows where you, where you put it the first time. But uh, I think Frank was a better was was a better penalty taker. Yeah, could well have been. Frank, Frank actually probably got more penalties than anybody. Graham Roberts got sixteen penalties for us in one year, or was it in total? In his Chelsea career, he got thirteen in eighty eight nine. He got three the following season, and then he fell out with Ken Bates and got the tin tack. So he got thirteen. See, I think that that's probably the most penalties that have been scored by one person in a season for Chelsea. That that would be my guess. Yeah. So there we go. So Jorginho, we're halfway through the season. If we carry on at this rate, he could he could break that record. If in fact it is a record, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, right, we're gonna... I've checked the birth, and the birth got nowhere near yeah. Yeah, in, in any season. Yeah, and we know Kerry. Well, I remember when we were doing the fifty years shows, we were laughing about the number of idiots that were missing penalties left, right, and centre. They were like it was like past the parcel in the in the mid eighties, wasn't it? Kerry kept on missing them. You know. we, had about four, we had about four or five penalty takers in one season. Yeah. And I, I think ironically, on, on this day in 83-4, um, ironically, we played Brighton, who were playing on, on Wednesday night. And Kerry missed two penalties in that one game. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. that. All right, we're going to go for a quick break. But before we do, just a reminder for you lovely people that there is a uh, football at football underscore prizes prize this week in their weekly competition. This, this one is a winner's choice, all right? So you could win uh, a signed frame, well, signed framed montages because there are three up for grabs: one of Thomas Tuchel, one of Matteo Kovacic, and one of Eduard Mendy. Okay, tickets are, are quite cheap. Uh, they're normally about five ninety-five. They are three pounds ninety-five each ticket, and you can buy as many or, or as few as you want. You can only buy one if you want. Uh, and the draw uh, will take place, and i.e., you've got until half past seven on Wednesday, the 29th of December. So just before kickoff, and then they will put it in a great big tombola, and they pick out the winning ball because you get, you know, you pick, you buy it when you buy a ticket. It has a number, one to ninety nine usually. Now, don't be confused when you go to the URL because basically the winner's choice thing means that you buy tickets and you can either choose to have a, a, a montage of Spurs players. No, I don't think you'd want that. Or you can have a montage of Chelsea players. Actually, no, it's City, not Spurs. I tell a lie. Uh, but the link is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Chelsea hyphen city. And I will get that up on Twitter after the show. Right. We'll be back for part two. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. 
The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stamford Chidge, a post-Christmas Stamford Chidge, about a stone lighter than I was on Friday. But hey, I'll work it all off. Uh, JK is with me as ever. Lovely to be on the show um, and for another year looming, Chidge. I know. Well, no, we've got it's our, it's our last fan cast of the year on Thursday night, isn't it? Yes, that'll be fun. Have a bit of a reflect, maybe. Uh, Mark Meehan is also with us. Lovely to be on the penultimate fan cast, indeed. Of indeed, good to see you both, as always. Now, uh, kind of a bit of the odds and sods about the game, uh, that I wanted to talk, talk about. Uh, one is um, Alonso, who I think for the last couple... Of, I mean, he was very good against Brentford, and I thought he was very good against Villa, actually, uh, yesterday. Um, you know, I, when, when I think Alonso is at his best, he's not giving the ball away. He's not get, being skinned by somebody down the left, or right in their case. Um, he's irritating. In other words, he, he's an irritant for the opposition because he's... You know he's he's hard to 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 rob of the ball because he'll he, he pulls and he falls over you and he I love him when he's like that and of course he 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 delivers good balls into the box which I think he was I think he's it's funny isn't it we said it on the show the other week J K that he, he takes a he takes time to warm up and I think he's warmed up again now and he's beginning to look like the Alonso good Alonso versus bad Alonso we like he, good Alonso he appeared to be very much in advance all the time yes. Yeah really very high up the guy behind me actually said on once where's Alonso and I said but he's still up front he's He's playing false number nine you said well practically he was he was a forward um lovely pass to uh to Callum for the first penalty really lovely it was uh wasn't it um yeah he had some excellent moments again but he's got he's got um he got booked again, didn't he? So uh, what happens if he's one away? Well, from... he is. He is one away. He's had four now. So if he gets booked against Brighton, that means we have no left wing backs, which is what I wanted to talk about. What do we do then? So because uh, I... you'll get booked on 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 Wednesday. I can I put if you, if you have a when you take if you like betting on the football, you can actually bet on things like Alonso to get a yellow card. Put your house on it on Wednesday. That's what I'm saying. But what do we do if he does? Who is there? Dave, you play Dave. He'll play Dave at left wing, wing yeah. back. You'd have to, yeah, you're right, you're right. Against Liverpool, by Mark Hugh, this will be against Liverpool. Oh, I know, but that's that's all we've got. Yeah. yeah. Saul? No, no. Please, no. I'm being unfair. I'm being unfair though because he did play well, but no, it's he, a very, he, he, very he different, different kettle of fish. I, I, I had an argument with Neil Beard at Brentford. I, I, I thought Sal had a really good game. Yeah. He didn't play wing back though. 
No, and, and he didn't play wing back. He didn't play left back. Sal in midfield, like almost like the Jorginho role, is probably where we'd play him if we play him. Totally but, agree. Totally agree. Yeah. What, if, a, if, what if, about? If, sorry, if, go on, Mark. Go on, go on, go on. As long as it gets booked, you know, it, it can only be Dave. I can't see anybody else. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's eventually bound to get booked, isn't he, over the next few games? So then he'll be suspended, won't he? So they've got to bring somebody in. Well, the, the, yeah. the strange thing is that he's had four bookings, uh, and I know Chill was playing for a while, but that's since the start of the season. It's not know? bad, and, is it? And he's, he's played, like, well, in all games, he must have played about 15 or 16 of those games. No, he's played 19 games, you know, uh, plus cup, you know, cup games as well. Um, so, yeah, he's getting booked every fourth game, say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Loz, I do like Loz. Loz is one of my favourite people on the Discord group, actually. Obviously, everybody knows that my absolute favourite is Mr. Stick. I have to say that because he is actually in Mixed. Stick, Stick! But uh, dear old Loz, uh, who hates uh, Alonso, and I'll read you what he said first, and then I think he makes an excellent point in the second. But he says, I have my fingers in my ears while the prancer gets praised. Average at best, yes. I don't agree with that, Loz. But uh, I do think the next point is quite interesting, which is Trevo is up to the left wing back fill-in, I reckon. Oh, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. Got a good shot on him. Oh, well, we'll see. Let's hope Alonso doesn't get booked on uh, Wednesday. No. no. I mean, the, the the annoying thing is, I mean, you know, it's it's funny, isn't it? We've been talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, which is that we have one player, technically, who can play left wing back, right? Because Chilwell's out, we've got Alonso. If he gets booked and we've got to play Liverpool, okay, on Sunday, Trent, hang on, this is where I always get confused. Yeah, TT, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold plays on the right. Oh, my fucking God. That's what worries me. How about he doesn't then play him against Brighton? And who's he going to play instead? Well, we're back to where we were. All will be revealed. We'll talk about that later, shall we? Because we've got that in part four. Um, yeah. The other person I think he needs a good mention is 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 the wonderful Matteo Kovacic, who came on on, I think, 63, 62 minutes, who, who I mean, considering, again, he's had so little uh, game time recently and COVID and coming back from a nasty injury... He's looking good. He's looking good, J.K. He was great, fabulous. Gets about, fabulous. doesn't he? Fabulous performance. Makes you realise it's interesting, isn't it? If you don't see a player playing for a bit and they come in, you suddenly look at their strengths and think, "Oh, blimey, we've missed that, haven't we?" He's bursting away from players um, and setting up attacks when you think he's going to be caught in possession is absolutely immaculate. Can I just say for a second? Speaking of, of immaculate, um, once again, them going on about. Um, how excellent Villa were in the first half and and we weren't very good. Um, Thiago was was superb again until he went off. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that later, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a bit of a bummer, but, isn't it? But, no, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued as to... Uh, we, well, as you say, we'll find out about who plays who plays left with. But um, um, Kovacic looks as if he'll be in for a while now if Kante's injured again. So Well, let's let's weave it all in together because it kind of, it's kind of going that way, isn't it, Mark? Let me, let me read you what Tuchel said about... And Golo and um, Silva, both of whom picked up and you know more injuries. I mean, from what I could, well, I didn't really know much about the Kante one, but I knew Silva had done his hammy, or, or it looked like it. But this is what now I haven't because I've been watching James Bond films and just generally still in the Christmas spirit all day. I've not read the latest on the Kante or Silva, so I know I know you lot in Mixler are much more abreast of these things. So if if there's any updates, let me know. But this is what Kante said after the match. 
He says, Angolo is very painful in exactly the same spot where he had his injury versus Juventus. It's exactly the same spot. That, to me, does not sound good, given how many weeks he was out when he got that. Uh, Tiago is hamstrings. Hopefully he went off before it became an injury, and from there we tried to continue. Oh, well, well there we go. A big, let me read that again. Tiago is hamstrings. Hopefully he went off before it became an injury. And then he said, from there, we try to continue and find a new squad and strong on Wednesday. So basically, they're both out for Wednesday. That's, a, that's an absolute certainty. Of course, the other worry, again, I'm going to say this again. Who have we got after Brighton? We've got Liverpool. We're going to, have Liver- we're going to get Liverpool at home, very likely without Silva and Kante. Now, OK, I know that Kovacic can do a great job. I know that Christensen can do a good job. We won the Champions League final with Christensen coming on for, for Silva. But it does not negate the fact that when you play the best teams in this league, and Liverpool and City, in my opinion, are the best teams in this league, you want your best players on the pitch. And again, we're not going to have them. No, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, S- Silva has been magnificent this season. Um, I, I, I voted him player of the year last year, but yeah, at the start of the season, I predicted it. And obviously he was out missing from injury. Um, I should have done it again this season because he has been absolutely superb, you know. Um, Let's hope um, he doesn't, you know, well, he won't play against Brighton. Let's hope it, it isn't as serious a hamstring injury as first thought and he's fit enough to play for Liverpool because I think we need him against Liverpool. Uh, Kante less so. Um, Kante's had, a, you know, he's a brilliant player, but he's had so many injuries of late. You know, he, he needs to rest. And I think, you know, if we have Kovacic back in the form he displayed when he came back on, I think you've got Jorginho and Kovacic for the next few weeks now in the centre of midfield. Which is not, I mean, you see, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Isn't it? I, I think that we will cope better without Kante, and I know this seems yeah, like sacrilege, but yeah, if Kovacic, if Kovacic is fit, yeah. I think yeah. he and Jorginho do a reasonable job together. Although, you know, this is the the annoying thing is, you know, Kante is still, I think, one of the best players in the world. Whenever he plays for us, we look twice as good a side as we do without him. But that the side without him is still good enough to beat most teams. That's the weird thing. I actually worry more about Silva because I I think he is just so supreme at the back. His leadership at the back, his calmness, his ability to put out fires is... I, I mean, I, I know this sounds like a massive hyperbole, but he is, I think, one of the best defenders I've seen at Chelsea. He's one of the best at that kind of play that I have seen. And, of course, he's so instrumental in setting up our attacks by pinging a 30-40 yard ball here and there and everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's worrying, isn't it? Yeah, he he is uh, all those things you said, Chidge. That the his ability to 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 play a pinpoint pass out of defence, and also to play passes that set up attacks. He always finds the player. He always plays the ball to the absolutely the correct strength to the player. He plays it in front. He plays it behind. He plays it as is required. And as I keep saying, he every header. He, he, he doesn't just aimlessly head the ball away. He'll find somebody to head the ball to, even under pressure. But also his timing of the tackles of the villa. There were two moments where he, which for me were Guinness moments, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, just he, there was who was it was coming through um, uh, one of their forwards, and he just stood there, and you thought, um, right, what's going to happen? Is he going to go left or right round him? And he just got straight to the ball and uh, set up another attack. I just thought this guy is such a brilliant player. He's um, it, 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 as I keep saying, it's that thing you've got to you've got to relish watching these class players who come and play for us. They are they are so brilliant. You're just seeing great exponents of of uh, 
the centre half of, of every in every, many positions, um, uh, Kante in particular, uh, just savour them, relish them, love them because they they are they don't have you know huge the careers are ephemeral, and you've just got to absolutely immerse yourself in their brilliance absolutely wonderful there's a very funny parallel going on actually sorry uh darren i'm going to mention the cricket again but uh you know england are reliant on a 39 year old to to get them wickets in, against australia and chelsea are reliant on a 36 year old seven is he 37 now they're yeah, 37 year old to, to lead the line the back line for Chelsea. But uh, age is not a number when it comes to people like Jimmy Anderson and Thiago Silva, I feel. Now, I'm going to move this on a bit because I was kind of posing a question to myself, which I didn't really want to pose. I mean, Matt Law kind of ignited this the other week, but uh, it does seem... and I, See, I don't know whether I'm being gaslit by the media here. I could be. Um, but it, it, it's coming across like Thomas Tuchel is doing a fair amount of moaning about the whole COVID injury, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, situation. Let me read you what he said in the post-match presser, and then let's have a think about this. Because I'm a bit conflicted, but I think I can be persuaded to be falling on the right side of the argument, if you see what I mean. That's why I have you two here. Uh, now, this is what Tuchel said. When you, when you read the match sheet and read the names, you might think, yes, everyone is there and it's a top squad. It is true, but when you look in details, you see that we're struggling and taking some huge risks. Today, Callum was forced to play 90 minutes straight after COVID due to injuries during the match, and that's the way it is. At the same time, I'm always concerned in the last weeks for the health and the safety of the players. That's why you don't see me fully excited. We could catch huge momentum, like you say, and pushing them and pushing them, but we're just checking on a daily basis about who can be pushed. Now... What I'm what I'm worried about, I mean, I, I agree with everything he says, and we've been saying this on the show for the last few weeks that that Tuchel is as honest as the day is long. He calls it exactly as he sees it, and he's I think he's 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 clearly worried about the impact that it has on our ability to win games. And of course, it does. That's his job to to win them. But I think he's generally worried about the impact that it's having on his players longer term, and I think he needs to be utterly applauded for that. The bit that I'm more conflicted about is this. Uh, and maybe it's the psychotherapist in me coming out, which is why I need these two very intelligent chaps on the show to put me right if I'm wrong. I'm worried about the fact that if he keeps coming out with this publicly, that you know we know what footballers are like, and I we know we all know ex-footballers, we know what the, how they think. I worry that if he keeps coming out with this, that they're going to start using it as an excuse. The players are to put in a duff performance here or there, or is it me just being a weeny bit paranoid, Mark? I think you've been a weenie bit paranoid. Okay, thank you. I'll go and check myself into a therapist next week. Yeah, I, I think oh, I am fine. one. I'll just talk to myself. You one. There you go. Look in the mirror. <laughs> um, I, I think it's fine for Tuchel to raise. I think it's right and proper. And he he isn't that moaning type. I don't think I don't see him as a moaner. Uh, I don't think he's doing it politically either. Where I think other managers are. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, I think you know he's very honest. He tells it like it is. I think the difficulty now. Uh, it's probably too late now. I think the horse is bolted. Uh, if, uh, and I think if there was a time, it probably was a week ago. And I listened to the show last week and I thought the point Alex Churchill made was absolutely bang on the money. She was absolutely brilliant, brilliant last week, the point she was making. Mm. They should have shut down the training ground a week ago. You know, um, all the things going on it isn't just about the players. It's about the health and safety of the staff that work there. And that's what should have happened. Uh, I don't think it will happen now, you know, but I think it should have happened now. And I think, you know, he's right to keep flagging it. But I think 
some of those things are, they're not his decision, they're someone else's decision. And sometimes those decisions are either high up at Chelsea or within the Premier League. It is ridiculous that us, Man City, and I think there's only one other club that have played throughout all of this, and so many other clubs have had games postponed. You know, like Wolves, Wolves game was called off after ours. Well, hang on a minute, you know, you know, did we infect the Wolves players or are Wolves doing a bit of gamesmanship now? I don't think they probably are. I think they've got infected players. They should have stopped this a couple of weeks ago, given it time to have that circuit break, you know, and then get beat. I, I accept, I accept that might have caused fixture congestion, but the fixture congestion is there now. Ironically now, where I think we're at is I think we're in a better position than most other clubs. We carried on playing. You know, we're not out, you know, you know, we haven't lost track of Man City and Liverpool. I think the only one is Man City, but I think we're in a good place with the top four. You know, Tottenham, how many games have Tottenham got to make up? You know, other clubs, they've got four or five games to make up some of these clubs. Um, and they're going to get to a point where they're going to drop points because they've just got too many games of football to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a really good point, Mark. I think, you know, the... the uh, I, I, be, I mean, I've been listening to Talk Sport a lot in the last week, which is never good for one's mental health. And I'm sick and tired of hearing these fucking idiot ex-footballers and worse, worse. Uh, I mean, you know, there's the, as you know, talk sport is full of either ex-football players or, or, or broadcasters. I use the term loosely. Um, but they keep going on. And I think it's really interesting what you said there, Mark, about, you know, City uh, and Liverpool have, have, have not really missed any games through, through this. Liverpool have. Liverpool's game at Leeds was called Yeah, off. but Leeds called it off, not them. Oh, I know, I know, but, yeah. but that's the that's the point I'm making. And of course, yeah. the 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 interesting point about that is that Liverpool, City, and and us are regarded as having the biggest and the best squads, quite naturally. But all I hear from Talksport and the, as I said, either the broadcasters or the or the presenters or the pundits on on their shows, is that oh well, we're not having it. We're not having what Tuchel say. We're not having Chelsea having problems. They've got the biggest and the best squad, you know. But they're not reading the nuances, as of course they don't, because as I know from having been on Love Sport, is that you basically have producers on there who write everything that they say on there, and that's where the bias comes from quite a lot of the time, um, because the nuance of it is is exactly what Tuchel is saying. Yes, I mean he actually even says it. It's almost like he's responding to these buffoons. I just need to go and find the bit that I I found. Yeah, when you read the match sheet and you read the names, you might think yes. Everyone is there, and it's a top squad. It's true. But when you look in the details, you see that we're struggling and taking some huge risks because they don't understand the impact that it's having on these players in terms of their fitness. So wake up, talk sport. Just You just have to listen to what he says. You know, it's, it drives me up the wall. Anyway, enough of that. Um, a lot of conjecture this week, JK, has been on the fact that, I mean, Rangnick's now jumped into it after Klopp sounded off the other week. They All see, all these foreign managers want to, like, kill the uh, kill the League Cup. What do you think about that? Should we have a Christmas break and kill the League Cup? No. No, I agree. It's English tradition. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah it's been going <laughs> since uh, 1965, 60, 60. Was that the first year it no, started? No, no, it was a bit earlier. 61? Sixty-one. We won it in sixty-five, J.K. All oh, right, right. But much more important, I was born in nineteen sixty-five. Right, 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 right. But no, I, I, why, why stamp on a tradition? Just because, but also, he's got no right to do that. He's just appeared in the bloody. And they're not in it. They're, they got knocked out. Got knocked out anyway. Yeah. Unbelievable. But, um, I think. I think. Um, 
hasn't Tuchel actually said that he could do with less fixtures at this time? But um, uh, it's it's Mourinho always said it was the first trophy that he wanted to win in the season because it set up a good um, mentality amongst the squad. And also it's silverware. It was great. I love it. I love seeing something else being. Uh, what about a Christmas? Uh, to, what other a, teams don't win. What about a Christmas break? Um, you know, like they do on the continent. Um, I, I'm 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 very happy to keep the whole process going. I I love the tradition. You'd have us of, playing on Christmas Day, mate, wouldn't you? Hey, I'd have us playing two days in a row. <laughs> well, I, like I like the uh, like the um the the full members cup. Full members cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it is, isn't, um, that long, isn't that long ago? Like back in the eighties, we used to play you know, Boxing Day and the day after. Yeah, you know, yeah. not that long ago. You know. Yeah, they're all soft now. I'm I'm a bit torn on the Christmas break thing. I think because I I think, you know, I mean, the, look, the trouble is we know what would happen because unfortunately the entire football game of football is now has been raped and pillaged and the soul ripped out of it by businessmen who just want to make money. It's all about money. So if, if you had a two-week break at Christmas, like they do in Germany, they'd fuck off to Dubai or somewhere and play some matches there, or, or the would. States. That's what they, they would. would do. They would. Yeah. Completely. Game's gone. No, but I, I say, as I, say, I said earlier, I'll just repeat it. I think um, uh, the difference is, is that he's running a very elite environment that didn't exist in the years when you played two days running and uh, um, and they've got all the readouts on the players he's aware that Lukaku isn't fit properly fit reached the same level of fitness that they have you know all the all the the, the digital knowledge of and he's aware of the standards they have and he's aware that the more these players play the more likely they are to get injured and I think uh, if if they haven't had enough time to to deal with their injuries or be bedded down to uh, um, uh, just just not just not put the stress on the bodies that's required because we are that much better informed and unfortunately uh, Lukaku not Lukaku um, Kante it seems to me is an example of this is that uh, I think he's come back too soon and the same injury the very fact it's the same injury reveals that he hadn't recovered enough. Yeah. And then you've got silly subs like Arsene Wenger that wants to play the World Cup every two years. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, we've got some brilliant, I mean, Diana and da- Daryl and Loz have all come into some really interesting points on Mixler, but the, well, rather than read them all out, I mean, basically they're all saying winter break possibly, but definitely not at Christmas. So maybe, you know, you get a couple of weeks in February or January or something like that, which I think you could do around the FA Cup weekends, really. You know the, the the next the, not the not the third round because that's you know that would be sacrilegious to to bin off the third round of the FA Cup because we all look forward to that so much. But maybe the next round when a lot of teams might be out by then anyway. So you just you know maybe you do a couple of weeks around then that wouldn't be a bad idea. But actually the the main point they're all talking about is bin off the bloody internationals, which I think would, I would welcome frankly pointless fucking things. We've that got they another international break in March. I know, we? I know, I know, yeah. I know, and then as you say, you know, Wenger wants two World Cups. We've got this ridiculous League of Nations thing, haven't we? In the summer, oh, it's all about money, people. I hate it anyway. Well, um, isn't that one of the reasons why they're trying to maintain as many Premier League games as possible because they want to satisfy the stakeholders, but they need to keep. Uh, they keep using this word stakeholders, but they want to they m- want to make sure that there is Premier League. There are, there are Premier League games still going on around the world because yeah. therefore they're they're maintaining the the the, the advertising brand revenue. awareness. Yeah, not only that, they're they're making the money from oh, it. Yeah. If there's 
if there's a week missing, I'm sure there must be something in the contract, which means they just they, they money has to be paid back. Yeah, there is. I mean, there is the additional issue this season, of course, is because the the venal and corrupt organisation, also known as FIFA, got bung loads of money to have a World Cup in Qatar without realising they couldn't actually play it in the summer because people would die of heat exhaustion or exposure. So they're having to play that in uh, over Christmas next year, or I just I think it finishes on December the nineteenth, doesn't it? So that means that we can't afford a backlog of fixtures this summer or this 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 season because there is no time to play them. So in other words, what if you get this massive backlog that's going on, then you know any time they have the normal kind of summer break is shortened anyway because we're having to start the season slightly earlier to take out the World Cup. It's just. It, Someday this is all going to have to explode. That's what my view is. But when, I don't know. Right, let's just wrap this part up very quickly about how we're doing uh, generally. Because, I mean, it was a very important win, I think. You know, Villa, no mugs. Uh, they've only lost to City and Liverpool recently. Uh, Liverpool, uh, as I said, they, they got the weekend off because Leeds were, were injuring COVID-afflicted. City in an insane game, uh, winning 6-3. But it just look like they're just not going to lose at the moment. So, you know, you've basically got a situation where we can't afford to fall back uh, any further if we want to try and stay in touch with Liverpool and City and still have a chance of winning the title. But, of course, equally, we don't want to fall back further and get caught by teams that are beginning to do quite well, like Arsenal and Tottenham, etc., etc. Now, we are third, level third with Liverpool, having played one more game with them. Uh, and we are, well, we're level with them on 41 points. And uh, we're six clear of Arsenal, who are in fourth, and six points uh, behind City in first. The goal difference is City plus 38, Liverpool plus 35, and we have plus 29, Arsenal have plus nine. What I would say is we now have 41 points, so I think we can say that we are safe from relegation this season. So my first objective is uh, being achieved. But, I mean, are we, are, we, are we kind of... I mean, it was a massively important win, obviously, as I said, Mark, but, I mean, where, where do we stand with, you know... Are we, gonna, we You know, are City going to just carry on winning and winning and winning and winning? I mean, is, is, is it a forlorn hope? No, not at all. You know, City haven't had a bad patch yet. You know, they they are a very, very good team. It was important to win. I think nine points to claw back from what is a very good Man City side, probably even for the magician that is Tuchel, might have been a bit too much. But weren't we in the same position last year? You know, that City had won the league by Christmas and it didn't pan out that way. Yeah. Well, they did win the league, but they were going to win the Champions League. They were going to win all four trophies. It didn't pan out that way. They were a very good side, but they will drop points. They will lose games. I think the important thing, we've had nine games after Wednesday night's game in December. It's a hell of a lot of football we've played in the month of December. December, historically, Chelsea, proper Chelsea. We never do well in December. So to come out of December in third place, you know, having dropped some silly points along the way, still in touch and distance of Man City, with Liverpool and Man City to come in January, where we only play six games. So there's less football being played in January. It's not a bad place to be. It could have been better. Yeah, we dropped some silly points in December. But ending the year, providing we beat Brighton on Wednesday night, six points behind City, I'll take that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. all the football we played in the second half of the season, we're still in four competitions. Absolutely. Of course, the only spanner in that works is we have to bugger off to uh, Abu Dhabi for the Club World Cup, which I'm wondering... Spin that off, sorry. Yeah. No, I really want to win it, Mark. I know you do. I know, but bin it off. I don't really give no, a stuff. I, I really want to win it. I really. Yeah. Well, you only get the opportunity. We're lucky enough to now have had the opportunity for the second time. But I want to be able to, you know, before I shuffle off this mortal coil, look a look a scouser in the eye and say, "We've won everything that you fucking won, you wankers." 
You know, we can still win the Papa John's trophy this year as well. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah we yeah, won't yeah. win that. Yeah. Did yeah, we ever win the Anglo-Italian cup, though, Chidge? We didn't. What about the Watney's Red Barrel Cup of the Texaco Trophy? We never played in it. And no. we never won the Anglo-Scottish Cup either. And we never played a Scottish team in the Anglo-Scottish but Cup. But we won either. the Anglo-French Cup, didn't we? Yeah, oh, well, that was the cross-channel trophy. Cross-channel trophy. Yeah. Cross-channel trophy. So with a holder still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Hope. Anyway, um, right. JK, very quickly, um, you still feeling... I mean, Mark, I think, just put that perfectly. But have you got anything to add to what Mark said? No, I thought it was great. Yeah, exactly that. All right, people. Uh, very quickly, a uh, quick shout out and a plug for the wonderful CFC UK uh, fanzine, which is, of course, as everybody knows, as any fool know, is the best fanzine in the world. Uh, Mark writes for it, as do I. Um, amazingly enough, Mark, it looks like I might actually, uh, I've actually half written a piece already, which is a record for me. Normally, I leave it till like the last minute possible. But there's a we usually racing each other to I the know. printing line at the eleventh hour. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Our deadline is Friday, I believe. Uh, so that means there'll be one coming out the week, well, next week, basically, I would imagine, whatever the next match is, probably the cup match, the Chesterfield match. So there you go. So look out for that. If you do want to get a copy in your hand, as it were, then all you have to do is go to the CFC UK store, which is opposite uh, the exit to Fulham Broadway, super, you know, kind of big shopping centre, I suppose, isn't it? You know, that that side of it. Uh, but it, you can get it if you don't get to the games, which is lovely. You can subscribe, and if you do subscribe, you can get a hard copy as well. Uh, that'll cost you 16 English pounds, uh, and uh, individual copies cost two pounds because that includes the postage and stuff. Uh, but you can also get, uh, or you can also get that in Europe, where it's 35 quid. Rest of the world, 45 quid. You can get it digitally as a PDF, emailed to you as well. Uh, that will cost you six quid for a season and one pound for each issue. If you want to subscribe and get it any of those ways, then all you have to do is email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Right, we will be back for part three, where we'll be talking fannies and Discord questions, and we have some fantastic emails, so don't go away. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. Uh, we are now in part three. And amazingly, in spite of the fact that I've been on both part one and part two, I've still got Jonathan Kidd and Mark Mean here. They must be very long suffering. <laughs> Well, we, you know, we stick around, don't we, Chidge? We can't help ourselves. You know. It must be what I don't pay you. But, uh, yeah, well, it's because I pay you. Of course you do. So you that. do. So you do. You pay me for the exposure, mate. There's probably a word for that. That's probably not very nice. So I'm going to I'm, <laughs> I'm move on very quickly. Mark, always lovely to see you too. It's an absolute delight and pleasure when you're on with us. Uh, you educate us and then some. Right. Now, uh, okay, this is the part where we do a bit of fannies. Uh, I dig out any Discord questions if there are any. Actually, there's a bit remiss of you Discorders. There's not many questions in there this week at all. Just because it's Christmas, do not get slack. Anyway, uh, but we have got some brilliant emails, which I'm really looking forward to. But before that, the fannies. Now, again, apologies are due. As I I said earlier on, I was too busy watching James Bond and stuff in my face full of chocolate uh, today. I did go for a swim, actually, at lunchtime. I, I, I achieved a record today, my fastest 100 metres. Lord knows how. I must have had enough ballast to sink a bloody battleship. So, anyway, um, 
but I forgot to put the fannies on Twitter, so nobody's been able to vote for it, and I'm very, very sorry. That's twice in a row. I need to put myself on the naughty step. But anyway, the nominations from the Discord group are as follows. For Man of the Match, Hudson Adoy, Romelu Lukaku, and Jorginho uh, JK, who are you voting for? Uh, it would have to be Lukaku. I think you changed the game completely for me. Even though Adoy had a very good game, and Jorginho, um, did you see his... Uh, what do they call them? Sight map. What do they call them? Is um is uh, heat map. Heat map. Yeah, yeah, was phenomenal. Um, he was everywhere, Georgina. Um, but yeah, I just think Lukaku for the impact he made. That run, the 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 run that when he was brought down for the penalty was absolutely phenomenal, and the goal was great as well. So for me, that would be uh, it would be him. Now, if I recall, Mark, you were quite adamant earlier on that uh, Hudson Abdul was your man of the match because he got three superb assists. Uh, my, uh, my vote remains the same. Uh, Hudson Adoy is my man of the match. I'm really tempted to vote Hudson Adoy for exactly the same reason as you, Mark, because I thought he was brilliant. But the, I think the, 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 if I if I put a, co- a cold-hearted logical hat on, I would have to agree with JK because I think Lukaku he changed the game. There's no doubt in my mind that if we hadn't have brought on Lukaku, we wouldn't have not we would not have won that game in all probability. So. You know, I know it's a tough one because I thought Hudson Doy did very well, and you know, Jorginho scored two great penalties. It should be remembered, but I think Romelu Lukaku made the difference for me, so he gets my man of the match, which Whoop. means he gets the Chelsea fancast man of the match because it's it's a, just a vote between me, Mark, and J.K. tonight. Good job there's not four of us. Might be better split vote. Right, the salary moment. Uh, the uh, the boys and girls on Discord went as follows. Well, actually, one of them's mine. No, no, actually, no. They're all they're all theirs. They all they all, no. One of them is mine. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you which one's mine in a minute. First of all, Tuchel's. This, by the way, salary moment is a moment of something that's either proper Chelsea on or off the pitch, or something of comedy on or off the pitch, and uh, they are as follows. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's temper tantrum. Very alliterative. A Tuchel temper tantrum. Uh, basically, when Callum, you know, we, we mentioned this in in terms of what Tuchel said after the after the match, but Callum Hudson Odoi did a, a back heel he thought to somebody else uh, I don't know who he was passing to now and it went straight to the opposition and at that point and it was right in front of, of Tuchel on the touchline and Tuchel just jumped up and down like a toddler having a tantrum for about 30 seconds it was, I, I was laughing my head off I just thought that was brilliant so Tuchel's temper tantrum gets a nomination uh, a lot of people in Discord and JK at the beginning of the show uh, mentioned the f- tremendous away support of which JK was a member well worth it because Boxing Day matches away are hard work. You know, you no, know, there are no trains. What you, what you lot who live abroad might not realise, there's no public transport at all on Boxing Day. It's a public holiday, so the only way you can get there is blag a lift or, or drive up there, which means, of course, you can't drink much, which is a pain for some of us. So it's a real, it's a real effort to get to these matches when they're away. And Birmingham's a couple of hours away from London. So, you know, they deserve a lot of praise for for making the effort. But to make the noise that they did uh, yesterday, I thought they deserved a nomination. They've been getting quite a few recently, which I'm very glad to see. The last one is a personal one. I think somebody actually did mention it on uh, on uh, Discord, actually thinking about it. But there you go. When Lukaku got fouled for the penalty and he, and he hit the deck and he kind of slid along the floor, his shorts came off, revealing his very lovely... Uh, probably a Christmas present, really, but he had a very nice white pair of Calvin's on, Calvin Klein's on, and I don't know. Well, no Holly, no Holly or no, Santa. They, no, no, they were Calvin Klein's, and uh, 
obviously Calvin wasn't wearing any as a consequence, but uh, bottom line is, no pun intended, uh, it made me laugh. There we go. So those are the three nominations. Mark, what are you going for? Tricky one, actually. Um, um, I thought the away support was absolutely fantastic, but I, I did laugh when Tuchel did his Violet Elizabeth impersonation. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I'm going to go for Tuchel's temper tantrum. Yes, indeed. JK? Well, I had no idea that he'd had a temper tantrum. I know that they weren't keen with the uh, the back heel, which put Villa on the attack again. Um, so I don't think that should count with me. And similarly, I didn't get um, uh, a close-up of Lukaku's underwear. So uh, uh, I'm going to go for the Chelsea away support that um, uh, was phenomenal as, as usual. And very fitting, you know, considering you were among their number. Uh, and I would be very happy to vote for that too. Voting for me, in fact. I would be voting for you. And I'd always be very happy to vote for you, JK. Uh, and, and I love voting for the away support. But I've got to say, by the sheer definition of a salary moment, like, like Mark, I, I laughed a lot when I saw it. Because he did, he did. He looked like a toddler. It wasn't, it wasn't just like anybody bouncing up and down in anger. But he was, he was like a toddler, five-year-old toddler, just absolutely losing their shit. It was just so funny. And I just thought, mate, I feel your pain. I feel like that so much. Never doing this show, I hasten to add. I'd never when feel like this. not wearing jock straps then if Lukaku was wearing his Calvin Klein playing football? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It might be very supportive, you know, that kind of uh, Could Calvin, be a Calvin Klein. Klein jock strap. Calvin Klein. I don't know. They're quite tight in the front, the Kleins. I've worn them. Extra padding. Top. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're well um, upholstered. Yeah. Yeah. They offer protection. They do. Yes. They yes. Do. Not, not like a cricket box, obviously. That would oh, go too not. far. Would probably even be considered a, um, a, a, um, an object not to wear by the, the linesman who would be um, the wow. fourth the fourth official, I should say, who would be lines would probably adding you down and saying, what's that bulge? What, sorry, what's that? The, the linesman probably would need to wear a cricket box for protection. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one, it was below me. I think he, he, he already had such huge thighs it would protect his meat and veg without any problem at all you, you haven't seen the video today of the Epsom and your your game yes oh, i saw it i yeah, saw it got to attack the referee <laughs> he got, right. he's been he's been, uh, he's been he's been let go isn't he by the club yeah because he, he was the player manager right okay uh that means that the winner of this week's salary moment is thomas tuchel's temper tantrum which i think it's fitting in my book. Anyway, uh, the Guinness moment this week, pretty basic, simple. Jonathan may have something to say about this, but uh, the nominations are as follows. Lukaku's header, his goal, basically. Everything about it was wonderful. His run, which I know made JK moist at the time. Uh, but I've also added in there hudson Adoy's cross. But I'm prepared to uh, accept a new entry uh, along the lines that JK was saying. So, Well, g- given those three... Uh, and the brilliance of Lukaku's header. But a previous moment, I had gone... Um, uh, I mean, I keep doing this each week. Anything that Otiago does is just quite um, orgasmic. And he, he tackled this player. Um, and you thought, well, he's going to have to pick the ball really well. He's got it. He's got the ball and he's got away with it. Oh, And then similarly, one of his long raking passes. I went, oh, 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 we could just so, we could just summarize yeah. it saying that you know Tiago Silva just makes you feel generally quite sexual. Yes, Tiago foreplay you could call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but in this instance, I think um, uh, both the header and the run were phenomenal. I think I'd go for the header. I think yeah. it was 
I, I just it was just absolutely classy, class centre forward, proper well. proper striker play, and that, that makes me very very moist when I see that because yeah. we don't yeah. see enough of it. No, we don't. We don't. You know? So me and J.K. are going for uh, the Lukaku header mark. No pressure. No, I'd go for the Lukaku run just to be different. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought the Lukaku header, brilliant, brilliant goal. You know, perfectly set up by Callum Hudson Odoi, but. You know that that run. You know, from a half fit player. You know, you know, we need a shit house centre forward, and that was a bit of shit housery as well. You know, he just, you know, just knocked them away. A bit, bit similar to what he did earlier in the season at Arsenal. So yeah, I just loved that run. It was absolutely superb, and obviously it led to the penalty and led to the goal that won the game. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, Lukaku's header gets it, but I take your point there. Mark, so there we go. Um, I will do better next week, I promise. Things will be back to normal. Uh, no Christmas interfering or drunkenness or eating too much or just, just basic senility. So I'll get on the case and put them on Twitter next week, I promise. Now, we've got we've got one Discord question. I say a question, but as Gellan Hahn says himself, not a question, but I can't stop singing the Chelsea ABBA Super Trooper song uh, you had on a few shows ago. Can we get another stellar performance from the from J.K. the Great? <laughs> you have to remind me of the lyric. I can't remember the lyric, Mark. Oh, I'm going to try and remember them. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me come back for the end of the show. I'll, I'll remember. All right, it. we'll do it at the end of the show for you, Gellan. All right, and J.K. will find it. Now we've Apologies, got Gellin. we've got we've got four emails this week, J.K. The first one's from Lee Pemberton. Over to you. Dear Chidge and JK, firstly, thank you for reading my email out on the show a few weeks ago. Honoured to be a part of the best Chelsea podcast out there. Oh, Lee. Uh, All true, all true. I also wanted to wish you both a wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year. Oh, Lee. Uh, The fan cast just keeps getting better and better. Oh, Lee. Listening to you both talk Chelsea so eloquently makes me feel closer to home. My hope for 2022 is to get back for a game, buy you both a pint of Guinness. Oh, and I love the songs lately. Remember this one? If I had the wings of a sparrow, the dirty great ass of a crow, I'd fly over Tottenham tomorrow and shit on her buses below. Below. Shit on. on, Shit on. on, Shit on the buses below. Below. They still sing that. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. I heard that the other day. Yeah, that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was when they were doing the entire Chelsea songbook at Brentford, wasn't it? Yes, they were. They were. Even, even the Chelsea Ranger, which I was just delighted to hear. I haven't oh. heard that for a long. Martin, Martin, and I. Oh. Hang on a minute. Martin and I used to get up on the table in the garden in the Imperial and sing the Chelsea Ranger. I, I had often had a fuel by then. I would say. Was well, it necessary for you to sing that with having had a fuel? Well, as Roly Barkin. As, as Rody Barker QC might say, I was very, very, very drunk at the time. <laughs> um, uh, 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 there was a Kovacic song. Yeah, I played it. I played it when you went to make a cup of tea. Oh, did you? Yeah, I found it on my phone it and is. just put it up to the mic. But it's the it's the same as the um, uh, every other bloody replaced? song. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still there. It's a cover sheet song. Yeah. And bought uh, the transfer window. Is that the same one with the uh, those lyrics, the transfer window one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I might, oh, be, able okay. to, I might be able to find it. They they even... I, I, it was on Twitter and I can't find it now. So anyway, but duly noted. Right. Um, hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. 
Is that the one? Yeah. Sign for Chelsea and a chance for a bounce. Yeah. Zidane. Oh. Yeah, we're losing it, mate. It's not quite working, but don't worry. I played it early. All the Mixler people have heard it. If you if right, you're listening right. to the podcast now, go and look for look at Twitter. It'll be up there somewhere. Uh, right, time. okay. This is from my my good old mate. I always think of at the moment because England are playing Australia down under uh, in the Ashes, and of course uh, Rob D. In fact, he's in Melbourne now. He lives in Melbourne. I met him. I met him when I went out there, uh, and he, of course he comes over here a fair amount, and uh, we've had some fun at the games. Me and Bobby D. Anyway, so good evening, Chidge and friends. Just finished another amazing, fantastic uh, podcast that prompted uh, that prompted me uh, the need to tap away at my keyboard. Uh, so why are we playing games when there are so many COVID-19 cases and the players are at risk? Interesting question. To me, it comes down to one thing. Money. You're absolutely spot on, Bobby D. We have a decision made by the uh, Federation of Imbeciles and Fucking Arseholes, or FIFA to you and me, that was solely a money-grabbing exercise. A decision that means the World Cup is in December that will effectively shut down all the world clubs, world's club leagues for at least eight weeks, one month for the competition and two weeks on either side for training. So how do these world leagues administer such a thing? They start earlier and end later. Easy, yeah? If league games get cancelled this season, it will affect the Nations League competition. Hmm. The Nations League that was organised to stop meaningless friendlies and have another competition organised this time by some useless enemy of football arseholes or UEFA, to you and me, for money. So we're in a position that after the lockdown from last year, the panicked end of the season in Euros, the players will be playing for over 18 months straight. If games get cancelled this season, they could be playing for a straight 30 months, with the Premier League starting later and ending later. Yes, the players are getting paid the combined sum of the national debt of some nations, but they are not slaves. They are people. Yeah, as Jeltel used to say, they're real people with real emotions. <laughs> oh, there we go. Olden but golden. Yeah, they're people who've realised uh, their talent and made a living out of it. They're putting considerable amount of money... Oh, God, I've got the wrong glasses. They're putting a considerable amount of money into the country through taxes and whose dreams could be taken away with one bad tackle. If anyone says they won't accept this money, they're lying, as they're only getting paid a percentage of their worth, and rest assured, the people in UEFA and FIFA are making a pretty penny from our fantastic game and their profiles. Anyway, what's the answer? We're now seeing the effects of two ridiculous decisions by the people in charge. UEFA, would you please get rid of the National League for a start, and never have a Euros played across Europe? FIFA, never have the World Cup in a country whose climate dictates it being held in the middle of the season. Also, how about sorting out the qualifying so there are fewer games and make them smaller? Hold on, that would mean less money for them. But as they say, cash is king. Bobby D, thank you for uh, articulating far better than I did uh, a few minutes ago the ills of the game and the number of fixtures that are causing all of this. You're absolutely spot on and I agree with every word. JK. Uh, Number three, Marco Delavelle. Evening, everybody. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. When we needed the win at Villa Park and we got it through the well-timed change of bringing Lukaku on, him making the difference. I thought the performance was pretty decent in the first half. Yeah, me too. Absolutely agree, Marco. But Lukaku added that edge that we lacked up front. Well done also to TT for making the change as soon as he could. Also, I want to say well done to Pulisic for trying his best to play the false nine role. Here, here, we agree. It's not easy when it's not your position. You may disagree with me. Is there anyone else in the team that could play that role when our three forwards all aren't injured at the same time? We talked about that earlier. Nevertheless, we got the job done. Now bring on Brighton. Also, I'd like to thank, ask you all one question. Apart from the finals we've played in over the years, what's your favourite Chelsea game you've seen? 
Hope you enjoy the rest of your Christmas and a happy and prosperous new year. Keep the blue flag flying high. Marco Delaval. 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 He's different. He spells it differently at the end there. It's probably, it's probably because I spelt it differently because I'm an idiot. Oh, okay. So it's Marco, it's Marco Della. It Marco is Delaval. It's just definitely okay. Good stuff. Um, uh, I love the Vicenza game. I keep going on about that. And I love the uh, uh, the 4 2 Liverpool game um, when we came back from being 2 0 down. I loved uh, the Napoli game. Um, I loved the Barcelona game at, um, uh, at the bridge. What was that? 3 1? Um, yeah. Um, they're all just great moments at, 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 at the bridge where the atmosphere was just completely phenomenal. And, um, and we pulled wonderful, we played wonderfully and pulled results out that you wouldn't have thought we would have done. I think possibly the, uh, the Liverpool 4 2 gets the, takes the biscuit, as it were. Um, uh, I also loved, I'm showing my age here, the, um, uh, the seven nil demolition of Portsmouth after the big freeze that got us second and got us promoted under Tommy Doherty. And it all sort of started then um, with, with his, with his diamonds and the, the youth side. And that was, uh, that was a very um, uh, seminal game for me as a little, one, which I went to see on my own bizarrely. Can't believe I did using my dad's season ticket. Um, don't know how my mum let me go and see it. Actually, I'm still taken aback. But um, yeah, that was one of the greats for me. But all the, all of those it's difficult. It's difficult to make a choice from those. Actually, I think they were, uh, and bizarrely, Wigan being demolished eight nil for us to win the title. That's a good one. That's a good choice, Mark. Um, remember the last time I did this with you on my Chelsea, you had about five hundred at the last count. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and JK mentioned uh, quite a few I put on the show. Um, I think the other ones I'd add, like there was two Liverpool four twos. Uh, there was the one with Viali getting two, but there was one in 1978 as well with Clive Walker. Um, who else? I'd, I'd add the Bolton four three 1978 coming back from three 0 down to, to to win four uh, three, beating Leeds uh, to get promoted uh, from the second division. Uh, and I think winning the title up at Grimsby as well in '84 as well. That was a that was you were a there really... for that when we won at Grimsby. Yeah, yeah. Won... chapeau, mate. Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, so that was that. That was you know. Were you on the pitch? Of... Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a you great. It's okay. They can't get you retrospectively. No, they, don't, no. they don't do that anymore. Uh, I've oh, got a great pick. Of... Oh, yeah, but I ended up on the halfway line. Yeah. yeah. I've got a great picture of Chell Tell on the pitch at Grimsby. I'll, I'll I'll dig it out and send it to you. It's brilliant. Yeah, good choices, of course. I'm just going to go with something off the top of my head in recent, and I'll I'll say uh, the. I mean, I I agree with all the Barcelona ones. The the three one absolutely, but also the four uh, two when uh, uh, bugger. I'm having a brain fart. Ronaldinho scored that incredible goal. Yeah, John but, Terry got the winning the fourth goal for us. Yeah. And Lampard scored a great goal, but uh, I mean, it's I was kind of Valio taking the man out of the wall. Wasn't yeah, it? but uh, I was up that end when when Good Johnson and uh, and uh, Robin and Joe Cole were just on fire for twenty minutes. It's like the, I've never seen anything like it from Chelsea side. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go just for one at random, uh, Marco, and I'm gonna go and say the the six was it six nil or six one? I forget now. But when we we put six past Arsenal on on Wenger's thousandth match in charge. I mean that match had everything, uh, but mainly for me, it's I don't think I've ever laughed so much at a football match in my life. I, I just laughed and laughed and laughed because we absolutely spanked them, humiliated Wenger, 
and I think they sent off Mariner, wasn't it? He sent off the the, the, the Oxley. He, he sent off the wrong player. Yeah, yeah, he sent off the wrong player. It was just, it was just a whole. It was like a comedy show for ninety minutes, it, and I, I seriously have never laughed so much at a football match in my life. So I'm going to go for that one. So there you Doesn't go. that also reveal? volumes about the fact that Mariner was the ref and he's still a ref nowadays. Crimes of the ancient Mariner. Clever. Yeah, been done before, to be fair. But I know. I think yeah. we had a show that was called that, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Right, now I've been waiting for this uh, all week uh, because we've got another email from the wondrous uh, Midshipman Bayou. Anybody who understands that terminology will know what is coming next. Um <laughs> It's also He's also known as Donal Foley. Anyway, he says, Good day, Mr. Chidgy. This being the eve of the arrival of the baby Jesus, I thought I would wish you and the gang the season's best and provide you with this small entertainment for the next fan cast, if you so desire to read it. Happy Christmas and best for the new year. Keep the blue flag flying high, Donal. And it starts thus. Dear Rear Admiral Chidgy, Countless barnacles of mankind's endeavour have added to the weighty drag of history upon the unscraped hull of time since I last corresponded with you, and I will be straight to the point. Here the reader can sigh, makes a change, if they so wish. For this is not an easy matter on which I write. We have all seen what scurvy and the lack of proper victualling can do. Aye, we have all sailed the tropics. We have all seen fever, the flux, and the bloody flux ravager crew. But sir... Have you ever served upon a plague ship? Sorry, just turning the page. (laughs) Need a page turner, don't I? Anyway. We are at sea now, flying the yellow jack, and contempt to sail on without prospect of putting into harbour or heaving to in some temperate, sheltered bay from where we can go ashore to replenish our stores and be easy in the company of the locals. And we are no shabby cutter, some coaster engaged in mean mercantile business. No, sir. We are a first-rate ship of the line, proven in the heat of battle. Are we not bound in some two months for the Arabian Gulf as demonstrably Europe's finest, its flagship? Yet we are treated by Her Majesty's Admiralty as no better than some rat-infested prison hulk. Commodore Tuchel has requested we be relieved of duties to tend to the sick, isolate ourselves in some secluded, warm and well-appointed anchorage. But straight came back orders dispatching us to another godforsaken stretch of water to once again do our godsworn duty. We have men whose wounds are slow to heal, and every day brings fresh contagion. We are reduced to putting young topmen on gunnery duty, powder monkeys serve as gun captains, and all the while the expectation is we maintain fighting trim. "'Tis arrant nonsense when again and again news reaches us of other so-called first-raters whose poultry travails, I should say, are given the benefit of a full dispensation. We are being worked to the bone, living off rancid pork and weevil-infested biscuits, and no man can save a grog that is foul and tart to the taste. We all know well that the 19th article of war do forbid mutinous assembly, uttering words of sedition and mutiny, contempt to superior officers, and we remain a loyal servant to the crown. Only this morning the chaplain entreated us to take to our hearts the words of St Paul, or Saul in Hebrew, in his second letter to the Corinthians. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Well, He is a man of God, and we must attend to his words. But we are most sorely tired, sir, like a frayed breech rope 
I'll say it again, like a frayed breech rope, we may give way, and you well know that chaos can only follow such an event. Actually, Chidge, you probably don't, but let's keep up the pretense. This is showbiz, after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would entreat you, sir, to intercede with your superiors within the Admiralty, for we are now upon the Christmas season and so hard-pressed. We can but surmise that there are those who favour other ships and captains and would see us limp into the Arabian Gulf no better than an ill-trimmed sloop. I remain, as ever, yours in the service of the Crown. Midshipman Bayou. Very good. Brilliant. Very good. He's a card, isn't he? Hey. He's a card. He's... uh... And he's, he's the joker he's the joker hang on one of you at a time please Sorry. Go ahead, no i just said he's the joker if you want him to be a card oh very good i think he's a genius mark actually oh he's absolutely genius. absolutely brilliant but he's given you something for a future show I, I love the bit about saul and his second letter to the corinthians you know mm. so there's going to be a road to damascus moment or, or whether or not it was at brentford last brentford. week I Saul like it. Gets, Saul gets converted on his road to Damascus. I like. Oh, very good. Yeah, that's Saul. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Food for thought. I like that. I, th- I shall think about that during the break. And when I come back, we'll be doing a quick preview of Wednesday night's game against Brighton. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am Stanford Chidge. Uh, I've got, as ever, with me the wonderful Jonathan Gid. I've got to say this to you, JK, because yes. uh, you know our little Christmas card to the to the peeps that listen that I put on Patreon and Discord and Twitter and sent to Absolute you? Absolute shower. Absolute yeah. shower. But I thought it was a fine example of Terry Thomas's gap and the gap in oh. his teeth. And of course, as we both know, you have a remarkable similarity to the le- the legend that is Tom- Terry Thomas with a gap in your teeth. And tonight, lo and behold, you are wearing a sweatshirt with the word "gap" written oh, on it. Oh wow! I get unbelievably subliminal. I'd no no idea I'd done that. I just yes. noticed. You absolute stinker, absolute stinker. bounder, stinker of the first, stinker of the first order, absolute shah, absolute shah. So there you go. Now, um, believe it or not, we are the Chelsea Fancast, and uh, we've also got Mark Meehan with us to rein Jonathan and uh, myself in and talk sense and uh, sensibility about Chelsea. It's a very hard job, and he doesn't often succeed, as you've just realised, no doubt, Mark. It's really good to be on the show tonight. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Wednesday's game. Yeah, yeah, I can't go, which is really gutting, actually. But uh, I know you both are. But I'm being a bit of a bit of a plastic at the moment. I blame my wife. Anyway, uh, right, okay. Team selection time. Obviously, we always start with that. Here we go, J.K. and Mark. This is what I think. Uh, again, it's a question of putting out the walking wounded. Uh, Mondi, Rudiger, Christensen, Chaloba is my right uh, right centre back. I think because he's got more legs than Aspie, really. Uh, in the midfield, wing-backs, Alonso and James, Kovacic and Jorginho. Pretty simple, really, because that's all who's fit. Uh, up front is where it gets interesting. And, of course, I don't know because, you know, Tuchel keeps telling us they're all fucked. But if they're not completely fucked, I would go for Hudson-Odoi, Lukaku and Mount. I rest my case. 
Don't you think it's likely that he won't play Lukaku? Yeah. He'll bring him on again in the second half. Completely. I agree. So yeah. Pulisic is going to be the bloody false number nine again. Again, yeah. Which doesn't work. No, but... So he does it, he tires them out for 45 minutes, running a lot, and then Lukaku comes in and uh, blows them away. That's what you'd hope. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, here's a, here's a question for you both, really. Uh, I don't mind who answers it, or if you both do, really. Would you, do, do you not, I mean, you know, the thing about playing with a false number nine, and this is, this, is a, this is a bit of a criticism, although maybe he's been told by Tuchel to do this, of course. You know, we don't know, do we? You cannot have Pulisic playing in the place where a number nine would be because he is just going to be bullied or marked out of the game, period. He's going to have two centre-backs on him for the entire game. It's not going to work. Now, when you see City play with a false number nine or a midget up front, or you see Liverpool do it with three midgets up front, none of them are static. They interchange. They move around. I remember us talking about this on the shows a long time ago, saying, I wonder if he's trying to go that way with Chelsea. Does he have a, a problem with big number nines he likes the fluidity and the movement of three smaller players who can all broadly play in the same position moving around pulling people out of position etc etc so if that's the case you know if Pulic just plays as the nominal false number nine what he should be doing is moving or moving changing with Hudson Odoi changing with Mount moving all the time then it might work does he play that way for the states because he seems to score lots of um uh six yard box headers and tap-ins and things so perhaps this is a position that uh, he's used to playing does anybody know on Mixler? well i mean i think what he does and he, we've seen him do it for chelsea jk he's very good at making a late run into the box yeah yeah no that's a very good point isn't it chidge that um we did for a period think well we're just going to end up attempting to play like uh like both liverpool and city and yet we're not we've 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 taken a, a step of buying a, a proper striker instead and they've got these these really uh mobile pace attacks were very similar to what the way that villa were attempting to play yesterday i thought ings was playing in a very different role to the way that he'd played before he was very much the, the pace man of the situation rather than uh, um coming in at the back post which is frequently he did for southampton mm. um but no uh, um uh, um it's it's um it's a good point, isn't it? I mean, if, if it'll have to be Pulisic, um, unless he gives Zayek a go. Uh, Zayek, because he said Zayek, Adoy's played a bit more. Zayek's only had one game back. But he's the, <coughs> excuse me, he's the man in possession, isn't he, Pulisic? He's the fit man. So, um, but yes, why doesn't he play better? Why isn't he well, more? I don't, I, we don't, as I said, I, I, I felt it necessary to qualify that because it could be Tuchel's instructions, but. It would make. I mean, look when when Werner plays for us, and we've got say you know Werner, Pulisic or Mount. Well, he's still ill. He's still ill. Still all right. But if you, I mean Werner drifts, doesn't he? Plays centrally, plays left. He moves around. He swaps wings. You know, I think if they're gonna get if they're gonna play Pulisic as a fake number nine, it is utterly pointless having him static in the middle. And actually, Mark, um, Mister Stick, who is the founder member of the Christian Pulisic fan club, has said. He's never. Hang on. What does, he, what does he say? Here we go. He says no, not a number nine for the USMNT. Uh, he plays on the left wing. Uh, so there you go. So why does he end up scoring? He's got a, because uh, I think he must move around a lot. The move he's got. Yes, he's got a. a, a he likes to move it. Move it. Yeah, he does. He yeah. bloody well needs to. Mark. 
I don't know. I never watched the US national team. You so didn't I... watch the USMNT last season? Last season, I know. For it's God's really sake. Poor, poor research on my part that I never watched the US national team last season. And he's the best footballer in America as well. Yep. Yeah. If not and the planet. On the planet. I haven't watched a single minute of their games. If, if, world... if, was, if he was in a World Series, he would win it. He would win it, yeah. yeah you know. Definitely. It's well, a conundrum, isn't it, really? I, I think, you know, if we're going to play a false nine, let's play a false nine. But you're, you're right, you know. Uh, and it, it wasn't just, you know, the last you know, last game. It was the game before at home when we played Everton, where we've bought a big striker, but we were playing like we had a big striker playing when we had Pulisic playing. And we had the absurd situation where we yeah. were pumping long balls up. Yeah. You know, Pulisic isn't going to win those in the air. So, you know, if, if we have to play Pulisic, you know, let's play to what his strengths are then. Don't, you know... Don't play him like a target man. Play a false nine. Play him a little bit further back. Play him in that number 10 role. Play him deep. You know? <laughs> play him in the way that Havertz plays when he exactly. plays. Play the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, th- I think your points are brilliant because, I mean, I know that, I mean I've mean, i gone with what I would like, which would be Hudson-Odoi, uh, you know, Lukaku and Mount, because I think that would work very well. I mean, you know, equally, you know, James might start at, at right centre-back and... Uh, you know, Pulisic might start on the right. Who knows? I mean, you know, we just don't know. I mean, I think this is the this is the difficulty we have at the moment. We can sit here all week saying who we'd like to start, but we're not on the training ground. We don't know who's fit. We don't know what the fitness department's telling Tuchel about who's capable of actually putting some minutes in. It's it's. I don't think I've ever known chaos like this in terms of the squad and who may or may not be available. It's just Billy fucking bonkers. Um, what isn't bonkers because we can look back on this and we can look at the current and the historic form between Chelsea and Brighton obviously Brighton have not been in the Premier League that long uh you know they they were years they were in lower divisions but uh, I can t- I, I've decided also when I do these head-to-heads to take out the away fixtures if we're at home because I don't think that's a decent comparison so uh the the last four times we played Brighton at home you won't be surprised to know that we've won all of them uh, 2-0, 3-0 and 2-0 and we drew the last one last year which was 0-0 which of course was on the 20th of April which was of course the day that Chelsea supporters saved football when everybody demonstrated outside of Stamford Bridge to stop the venal European Super League and then the team didn't really enter into the spirit of the occasion and fought out a very dull 0-0 draw with Brighton as I believe <clears throat> I wasn't there again why am I missing all these fucking matches oh it was midweek wasn't it anyway so, yeah, so, you know, we should win this. That's the bottom line. Now, recent form, Brighton have been the draw specialists. They've drawn three out of their last five matches. They beat Brentford 2-0. Uh, I didn't see the match, but I was surprised that they did. I thought that would be a draw. They lost at home to Wolves, uh, and they drew one all away to Southampton, one all away to West Ham. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think you can really read much into that because, um, you know, West Ham are on a bit of a downward slide at the moment, although we're beginning to head that way. Uh, oh, they they beat us, of course, but they, they were, maybe it was a bit before that. So it was a good result by Brighton, but I think maybe that was the beginning of West Ham being a bit wobbly, apart from when they beat us. And uh, <clears throat> us, of course, um, good God, we're on a roll. We've won two games in a row. Well, we won three of our last five. One of them was the 2-0 against Bredford in the in the Caribou Cup. But obviously we beat, beat Villa yesterday and before that. We drew against Everton, which was a bit of a stinker. And uh, we beat Leeds, which was great fun. So, I, I mean, you know, bottom line, JK... We, we we should be beating Brighton with whoever we put out, really. I know I know Harry Potter's a decent manager with a good wand, but, I mean, you know, we're good enough to beat Brighton at home, surely. Of course. Surely. 
if we play as, as as we played at the weekend and as we played against Brentford, we'll beat them easily. Mm. Mm. I think, um, Mark, you know, Brighton's big problem this season, really, but certainly recently, is, is scoring goals. I mean, I know Malpe scored a couple uh, in, uh, in against Brentford, but they don't really have a... I mean, you know, we should talk, but they don't really have a proper goal scorer, do they? Well, Malpe is a goal scorer. That's what they brought him to do. They're a funny team, Brighton. They, they started really well, but wasn't last night their first win in 11 games? Well, exactly. They I think they've hardly lost, though, have they? They've drawn. Well, in I was just say, they, they draw a lot of games, and, and, and there's a few nil-nils chucked in there for good measure. Um, we should win. Um, Brighton, you know, other than that boring nil-nil, but again, you wouldn't have been there, Chidge, because we weren't watching football like last year. Was, oh. the, game, the game was behind closed doors. Of course yeah. it was. Of course well, wasn't it was. It, wasn't it the night we saved football? Wasn't it we played Real Madrid? No, no. The night we saved football was against Brighton. Was it? Yeah, absolutely yeah. S- oh. certain. I, I couldn't be more certain of it in my life. Well, I, 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 maybe, I, yeah. But it's been forgotten about already by the rest of football that we actually saved football, the ungrateful bastards. Oh, I um, know. Well, the week before, the week before that, we were responsible for the death of it, if you recall. Yeah, Brighton have never scored at Stamford Bridge. So we need to continue that run going on Wednesday. Well, as I said, apart from the fact that Silver's out, um, which is always a worry for me, um, you know, they find it hard to put the back of the ball in the back of the net, and we're we're looking quite good at you know. I mean, I know we let one in against Aston Villa, but that was a bit of a fluke. So, you know, that's okay. They're very organised, JK. That's what I would say. And I think I think Potter is a good manager. Potter! He's a good manager. But uh, go on, you do it. You do it for real. Not, you know, go on, do your Potter. Potter, put down your wand. <laughs> I tell you what, mate. If we win on Wednesday, that will be the title. Oh, bugger, it's, it's a, it's a, it won't be a Monday show, will it? Otherwise, I'd have used that as the title. But, you know, they are organised under him. He, he knows what he's doing. He's, and he often switches things up tactically during the game. So I can see them. And, of course, as I said, they draw a lot. So they're really hard to break down. They'll be well organised, as we know. But um, uh, once again, we look to me as if we were, we were um, back to our, our dominating best. And they won't come at us. So we'll have we'll get huge amounts of possession again. It's just a question of getting the ball in the net um, and not being profligate because we do get chance after chance. It's just a question of putting them away. You know, Mace should have scored with that one when he rounded the goalkeeper. Um, uh, Odoi should have scored with that lovely move. But they, they were all set up beautifully by, um, by Lukaku as well being present. So I think Lukaku will get a run. And I think possibly will will... But I think we may have already scored before then I, I i don't see any problem with this i i can't i can't see a problem with this uh, this game against them they're they're not um <coughs> they're not as good as villa i mean having said that though we've struggled against everton we've struggled against uh, against um burnley before that but i i i think we we've got i think we've we've put that behind us actually and i think knowing that we've got uh the power of lukaku to come on at some stage i think i think he'll um I think we'll do okay, actually. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, you say they're, they're, they're not as good as Villa, and yet they're in ninth, Villa are in 11th. I think they're a bit more like Wolves, funnily enough, who are w- one place above them in, in uh, eighth, but they've played a game more. I'm just thinking in terms of the way that Villa played, I felt was a, an improvement on the way they played under Smith before. Yeah. Just, they were a lot pacier. They were, more. weren't they? 
Um, but Brighton are weird. I mean, they played 17 games, and you're right about the draws. They've drawn eight of those 17 games. But interestingly enough, they've only lost four games, you know, which is puts Most them... Most of them are at home. Yeah, I mean, in terms of games lost, Liverpool have lost one. City and us have lost two. They are the next best, having only lost four. Their goal difference is also very interesting, 16-4 and 17 against. So I, I think they'll be a tough nut to crack. I have to say, I mean, I can see this being a 1-0 to Chelsea unless Lukaku comes on. I think if Lukaku comes on, the whole game changes. If he plays like he did against Villa, he's a bloody handful. He's an absolute bloody handful for anybody. But, you know, if I'm too cool, I might be thinking, you know, we should beat Brighton. Maybe we won't need Lukaku. Maybe I'll save him for Liverpool. But I think it might be a it might be a really miserably annoying, tough, you know, tough game where we it might be just one goal in it. So I'm going to go one nil. Well, I don't think they'll score, uh, and I think we'll score a couple. So two nil, two nil for you. Aye, aye, Mister Meehan. Uh, I'm going to go two nil. I agree with JK. Um, I don't think they'll score. Um, you know, was it? How many goals they got this season? Sixteen. Yeah, conceded. Yeah, their games are low-scoring games, so it would break the habit if this was a high-scoring game, a la Man City, Man City, Leicester. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll go two 0 I don't think, looking at the team, I don't think we'll start with Lukaku. Do we know current situation with Havertz? So we'll I have mean, to wait to the press conference tomorrow. I did. I did. Um, I did say I'd, I'd, I'd look at Football London, which I, I completely forgot to do because they usually have. You know, I, I don't know if there was a presser today. I suspect it might be tomorrow, actually. I think it'll be tomorrow. I think he'd probably resist the temptation because he's already said he doesn't think Lukaku's fit. And we need him for Liverpool. We need him for Man City. So, you know, if we've got, you know, the game won by an hour, he might resist the temptation to bring him on. But if it's nil-nil or one-nil, he might bring Lukaku on for either second half or the last half hour. Yeah, I meant to uh, come in earlier when you were doing your Potter impersonation. Maybe I'm showing my age. And having not seen many Harry Potter films, I was thinking of Derek Guiler and Please Sir. <laughs> I thought you were ask JK to do sort of like your your Derek Guiler impersonation. It was a bit like that, wasn't it? It was that kind of a no, hollow. Oh, yeah. cor- yeah, he was, no, he was corky though, wasn't he? Wasn't he yeah, corky? Cor- yeah. John Alterson called him corky, didn't he? Yeah. 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 The kids called him Potter. Yeah. Love it. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, there you go. The boys are saying 2 0. I'm saying 1 0. We shall all find out on Wednesday uh, if you're going to the game. Obviously, uh, you know, have a cracking time. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, sadly, I won't be there. Uh, it's just all a bit annoying at the moment. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I'm there with you in spirit as I always am. Uh, anyway, that is all we've got time for tonight. Uh, as JK said on his fan bite the other day, we'll be back on Thursday for the last Chelsea fancast of the year. It's a preview show, uh, and uh, we'll be joined by Dane Whittle and Adam Newson from London, And we will, of course, be looking back at the Brighton match, and we'll be looking ahead to the Liverpool match, which is on the Sunday. So there you go. Do not miss it. Uh, now, and of course, we'll be back the following Monday, as always, reporting back on the Liverpool game. And I think we don't have a midweek game. Oh, we do. Is it Spurs that week before the Chesterfield game? Yeah, we've got Spurs. God, it's relentless, isn't it? So there we go. Now, um, Dean's having his holidays at the moment, so the, the, he's done his last went to Mo King's Mello of the year, but uh, he'll be back up and running soon. And, of course, as you know, you can get both the Fancast and went to Mo King's Meadow uh, as podcasts from ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other less good podcast distributors. Um, a massive thank you, again, as always, to the people who support us on Patreon, 
without whom, etc., etc., etc. You're all very lovely people. I owe a few of you banners, uh, Carrie Dixon banners, so I'll be getting to work on that this week because I've got the week off. Um, but uh, it's really lovely that you feel able to support us uh, a little bit. You know, it's not you don't have to spend a lot of money, but they take a bit of money away from you every month, and it helps me to do this damn thing. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast and sign up if you want to. There is no pressure. I love you all equally. But if you do, you'll get a Carrie Dixon banner, and of course you'll be able to join our Discord group and uh, interact with the reprobates therein, many of whom are in Mixler tonight. It's great fun. Uh, and of course we love getting your emails, um, particularly the ones we had tonight. They were, they were fantastic. So if you want to send us an email, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com. Equally, you can post on Patreon or Instagram or Discord or tweet me or any of any of us, really. You know what our Twitter handles are. And we'll try and read them out. Uh, talking of Twitter, uh, Chelsea Fancast at Chelsea Fancast on all the socials. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Mark at Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A. So there you go. Now, Mark, as always, as we've been saying repeatedly all night, because we mean it, it's true. You are fantastic. We love having you on the show, and it's lovely to see you as ever. Oh, lovely to be on. Um, and I now have a, a, a different version of the Super Trooper song. Oh, well remembered. I had almost forgotten Probably that, hadn't I? better version. I think it worked better. Yeah. So it starts with Super Tuchel, Mason Mount and Mendy, wearing royal blue, Chelsea through and through, won the European Cup for you. He's right. He's, he's writing this down as we speak. I can see there. John, Jonathan's looking studious, writing the lyrics down so he can perform Super them for Tuchel, you. Mason Mountain Mendy, yes. Yep. Super Tuchel, Mason Mountain Mendy, yes. wearing raw blue, Chelsea through and through, won the European Cup for you. And it's got to be to Super Trooper. So yes. Super Tuchel, yes, Mason Mountain Mendy, yeah, yeah, yeah. wearing... No, I'm just, just leading you in. Making you... Chelsea through and through, won the, won the European Cup for you. Yeah. yeah, won the European Cup for you. Super Tuchel, Mason Mountain Mendy, wearing royal blue. Chelsea through and through, won the European Cup for you. I have no words. Uh, I have absolutely no words. Gellan, I hope I hope that's made you spaff all over your screen or whatever. I'm, I'm sure you enjoyed it. I know you asked for it, so there you go. Uh, right, well, there we go. Um, Jonathan, as always, a delight. Uh, another year. We've almost done another year of these things. Where, do you think they'll pension us off ever? Who are they? I don't know. The, the they. There's always a they, isn't there, or they, a them. They, yeah, probably. They, they're probably lining people up. It'll yeah. probably be, you know, the Mark Meehan show pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, but Mark's our age or my age. Doesn't matter. They, <laughs> I think I think maybe maybe Dan and Dane and Dean are like Dan gonna, Dan like, yeah. yeah, they're gonna I they're gonna it. like mount a takeover in twenty twenty two. What do you reckon? Because I mean, what well, you know, why why else would Dane and Dean be getting all these practice doing what went to Mo King's Meadow? They're plotting yeah. a takeover. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna kind of you know decapitate us mate take over when they're when they're on they take notes a lot they do they do they do and they never try to be too controversial no never ever and they just slightly you can see them shaking their head a little bit when we've said something (laughs) yeah yeah they'll call it the triple d show that'll confuse people yeah 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 there we go love them all love them in fact i mean i'll say it on uh, on thursday when we we wrap up the year but i mean this show would be absolute rubbish if it wasn't for the amazing group of people who put up with my nonsense twice a week i mean it's astonishing that that, that, that they've managed to put up for it, with it for as long as they have and that's what makes it the best chelsea podcast 
there is. Right, uh, almost made uh, even better by the fact that we've got so many great people listening to it, as they often do, like the people in Mixler, etc., etc. So well done, you lot, too. Uh, but basically, everybody who's listened to the show tonight, thank you for listening. See you on Thursday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.